The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here he is, Brandon. Welcome back to the Brandon Peters Show in our big top 10 films of 2023 episode. And joining me today to go over our top 10 films from the year that just passed, we have again from the Normies, Chris Johnson. Hello. How are you doing? How's it going, Brandon? I'm here (laughs) on a very chilly Wednesday night in my basement with the space heater going, ready to talk about movies. Uh, when you asked me to join and be a part mm-hmm. of this, I, I panicked and I checked my list to see <laughs> how many movies have I seen that came out this year? And it's like 17. Actually, it was oh, 16 good. when we talked and I added one. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. Also, yeah, the yeah. one I added will be definitively <clears throat> my best film that I've seen this year. So I'll save that. Oh, later. wow. All right. OK. <laughs> what if we have the same one? That would be amazing. That would be. That would be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I asked you to come on because in my year of 2023 we met in 2023 one of my favorite people i met and oh we yeah got, we did yeah you've now been on two live editions and now two uh regular editions of, of the show so heck yeah that was um it was in the summer and i it, because we're in the winter still it seems like it was so far away it does yeah yeah Man, summer summer's in indiana well it was, uh, it was still like half a year back i'd say close to six months six six, six seven months seven. yeah yeah well, uh, proper introduction. My name's Chris Johnson. I'm on a YouTube channel called The Normies, where we do reactions. Uh, we react to movies, react to TV shows, music videos, but also we do a little bit of uh, skits. A lot of us went to film school, and we think we're funny. Verdict's still out on that. You're going to have to come and check it out for yourself. But yeah, that's it. We're a fun group. We uh, do a lot, and we're the, I think, second largest YouTube channel in Indiana, only beat out by everything that John Green does. But... John Green. Yeah, okay. Fair Go enough. <laughs> Fair enough. So you're bigger than like Jeff Teague's podcast that okay, records damn it. I didn't well, well, I think you might be. Podcast. You might be. Possible. We got like seven hundred fifty thousand subscribers. We're on the we're on the road to a million. So mm-hmm. m- maybe there are. I keep saying that, and then someone will bring up like I'm like I never even because you know how big YouTube is. I'm like I never heard of that channel before, and then mm-hmm. it turns out that like. Oh, like uh, Townsend, they do like uh, this like 1800s living and they had, they're like huge. I was like, I had never even. It's crazy. There are things that are just huge and they just, we're all in our own right little, little area. And I only knew of you because we did conventions for years together. Like I knew of the norm. I never talked to any of you until like this year. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah. So this past, the last year we're in a new year now we're in 2024. But yeah, so but like I knew you guys were a big deal on YouTube, but I was like, yeah. And then there's all sorts of stuff where it's like you don't know that. You know, no, I don't know that. They're like, oh, that dude's down the street from you. You're like, bro, I had Uh, no idea. What do you mean? Like, they're like, yeah, like you guys probably go to the same gym. I talked to I talked to people on top. Said normies. I'm like, well, get this. They have three quarters of a million people subscribe to their channel, and they report (laughs) down here. Like, it's like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm surprised to hear it at times too. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, but you also one thing that uh, I loved about they didn't you? I, I swear you're telling me you started a podcast because one of your friends needed to watch better things or better yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. Or so yeah. 
we had uh, our, the Talking Normies podcast is our podcast. So we started like forever ago when we started the channel. It was the first initiative that I brought on when I came on. And the whole point was to like dive deeper into the episodes of TV that we're watching. Mm-hmm. So our first season is like, all right, we're going to really talk about this episode of BoJack Horseman. And I was having people take a lot of notes and getting really in depth. And that was good, but it wasn't able to like kind of stay going. So then we took a break. We were still recording, but our break was like, oh, we're just going to shoot the shit. And then finally... Mm-hmm. One of my friends uh, on the channel, he watched uh, American Psycho and he was like, I don't get it. Like, what what the hell is happening? Movie, <laughs> movie stupid. Like, did he shoot that guy? What did, did he kill the dog? Like, what is any is this crazy? Like, what is this movie about? And we're like, it's about greed and excess and being a sociopath. Like, I didn't get any of that. I thought it was about killing people. And we're like, no, nah, I mean, you just got to rewind. I was like, you know what? We'll start a movie club and we'll watch all these movies with layers and we'll we'll see what you get out of it. And here's mm-hmm. the thing occasionally he he'll come through and he's like, Oh, I didn't get that. Or I didn't get this. Or he'll come through with a really hot take one. Uh, I asked him to watch princess diary, my bad princess bride. And he watched princess diaries. And he was like, <laughs> it's about taking down the monarchy. And I was like, ah, bro, did you see the movie? And he was like, yeah, princess diary. And I was like, no nah, dog, the princess bride. And he was like, Oh shit, I messed up. And then he just watched <laughs> gremlins recently. And he was like, gremlins is anti-immigrant and i was like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> he's just trying for a take now he's just like <laughs> but for this one he had it though he was like yeah. listen the guy in the beginning's talking about how come he doesn't like uh foreign built machines because they got gremlins in them and then the gremlins come to town and all they do is reproduce like that's what people think about immigrants oh, like, oh my god oh, sir are okay. you thinking right now what that's good no, all right no all right <laughs> so wow he had an actual take on gremlins based off of the text that I like Gremlins is a silly kind of Christmas movie. Like, <laughs> gosh, yeah, I uh, I have a take on. I was I just mentioned it the other uh, episode where <clears throat> the Aronofsky film Mother, which is like a Christ allegory thing, but I I totally saw it as the life cycle of a pop star um, throughout that. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but. Jennifer Lawrence, I've, right? I, I, yeah, I keep teasing people about like. Uh, so I'm just gonna keep teasing my my thought, my quick thought of that. Um, but yeah, so no, I, I like that. I love I love that you guys are you're not just like you don't just stop at the reactions. I know people come for you guys, the reactions, yeah. but you you guys have this desire to like, oh, I want to be deeper than that. I wanna, you know, you go the extent and then yeah. you Your sketches, things like that. Yeah. Like happens in the minute, in the moment, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, Game of Thrones season eight. If you mm-hmm. watch my reaction during mm-hmm. it, it's nothing like my thoughts afterwards. You know what I mean? Like every day we'll watch an episode. And the next time I come back, I have something to say about the previous episode. Yeah. I got to sleep and think on. And it's like the spectacle in the moment is kind of wild. But then I'm like, ah, that's weird. That's silly. And I remember even like the big Daenerys turn. I was like, ah, I don't know that I'm feeling this, but it's kind of hype. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I was like, nah, that that wasn't it. For me. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you like, got to let it. You got to let it cook. And like one yeah. of these movies in my top 10 here climbed up because it cooked. And I, uh, I also like uh, my friend John Roca. He's got a uh, outlaw. He hasn't been on here since the show started, but Outlaw Nation, check him out. But he's got a podcast he's had for a long time called The Cinephiles, and they have a rule on the show because they're talking about like what are the masterpieces or what are the good, you know, the great films of our time stuff. It's got to be ten years old at least to qualify for their discussion. You got to because there's so many films, and this happens every year when we make these lists and stuff. There's so many here in the moment. I love it in the moment. We talk about it in the moment. It's so great. And then I swear I don't think about it after the Oscars and shit for yeah. a long time. And they're great films still. They just didn't stick in a way that I did. And there's some that I feel like I rate way too low um, all the time. And 
like yeah that that'll happen with these lists these are these lists should be always taken as this is what that person thought right then yeah right there and there's still ones this i this haven't week. seen yeah there's ones i haven't seen and i'll i'll mention those that could have maybe had a chance on here but i i didn't get to it in time because it was a not available or b i i had to i had to call time yeah. i had to call time um but yeah so um we'll move on like this year uh i know you said you only saw 17 films but what did what was your overall thought on like twenty in film with the ones you saw and what you saw in the culture of what you saw with with that? So kind of coming out of still the pandemic ish uh, and getting into movies, I haven't been going to theaters. We kind of me and my wife when we lived uh, closer to downtown, we had developed a theater routine where we were going to movies kind of often. We lived by like the living room downtown and it just built in. We were. We were in a cycle for a bit and it was working and we were watching movies and then the pandemic happens and it's kind of been hard to get going back up again. But it felt like a good year. There were some surprises. There was definitely some stuff that I wasn't ready for. I got um, if you go over and check out the normies, we got to do some behind the scenes at the IMAX uh, downtown here in Indianapolis. Awesome. We have one of the actual real ass IMAXs that shoots the film and all that or projects the film. 70 millimeter IMAX. And it's awesome. (laughs) So I got we got closer with them. So we got to see like a lot of behind the scenes and starting to kind of build a relationship there. And I got to see like uh, just Oppenheimer, like right when it came out, middle row and all that. And just getting to have some spectacles again and be like, this is why I like coming to the movies. Mm -hmm. Like we went to go see uh, I think the last movie we saw in theaters before this year was um, The Green Knight. Oh, when yeah. I was like, oh, A24's got a movie out. Yeah. It's got Death Patel in it. I'm going to go see it. And I was like, what the fuck was that? I have no idea what's happening in this movie. I need to go home and Google it. It's like it's based off of a King Arthur play. I was like, it was great. I had no idea. But I just, we just was like, oh, it's at the movies. We're going to go see it, you know? That was and, a good at the movies. That's a huge looking movie, too. That's yeah, why, right. Yeah. And yeah. so this year feels like I'm kind of getting back into my swing of like actually seeing movies. Okay. And, like caring about movies. And I like that. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, I had a good year once again. Like every year, we're like, oh, it's a good year for them. They're all good years. There's no deaths of cinema. There's no, they don't make them like they used to stuff. You just don't Ooh. see enough. There's no, you, you don't, see, you, just, you just don't see enough movies to the people who always decry that stuff. There's a large, yes. I, I, there, if you live in a really small town, I'm sure you're more limited in your theatrical going experience. Mm-hmm. And I understand. But if you live in a nice little city, like in Indianapolis, there's a shitload of stuff playing right now. All crazy, over in the a place. crazy look, amount of theaters in a crazy amount of theaters and there and i like i the only thing you can make is excuses i mean that's yes amc can suck sometimes but they will i mean if you complain they'll give you your money back or you can go see another show it's what it is there's so much variety so much like look around what's like playing there's like so many retro movies playing where we live mm-hmm. too all the time that you probably don't even know just look like all you gotta do is look Oh, yeah. Or take a chance, you know, because in the theater you surrender yourself to something rather than being at home and distractions and stuff like that. And I just, and you're I can't, just on the ride. Yeah, I can't. I just saw someone like a today, a person I know, like, yeah, they don't let films breathe or make them like they used to. Bitch, there was a three hour movie that made almost a billion dollars based off Oppenheimer this year. People talking like, the entire time. You just don't aren't seeking out. If you just go to see the mainstream big studio movies all the time, no wonder you don't think there's anything else. Like there, like I, I just, I don't know. And but this year gave me some hope because it kind of felt we we're turning a corner and people are going to see more stuff now. Like I, yeah. I feel like uh, for some reason, Avatar: The Way of Water or Way of the Water came out and just 
mesmerize people again to where an Ant-Man movie that's got subpar visual effects and stuff comes out and people are like, no, we get Avatar. Why would we want this? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a reaction to that. That people are like, wait, when we have steak, we don't need the McDonald's patty on the plate anymore. And I'm sorry. I, I have fun going to Marvel movies too, folks. Don't take this as a hate, but I'm just saying that movie had was not put out in theaters till James Cameron said it was ready. They didn't give a he didn't give a shit about shareholders or trying to appease. No, he made sure it was done, and I feel like yeah, people started going. the The Barbenheimer thing was excellent. It, it was a moment, a moment, man. Hidden in that, kind of hidden in that, a Ninja Turtles movie came out amidst them both them destroying the box office oh. and crushed it, crushed it with like a hundred, like it made a lot of money. Uh, Meg Two came out in the middle of that. Made a lot. People were like, the box office looked great at that time. Um, just seeing all these things right now, I'm loving it because this holiday stuff is doing well. Like it's because the, the holiday legs, but they're all doing like. There's a rom com I don't give a shit about, but I'm happy it's making money. The anyone <laughs> but you, anyone but you. I want more stuff like that. I want options yeah. for people. Which is a genre that hadn't been around in a while. Like the way we used mm-hmm. to seeing it, you know. And I haven't seen it yet, but I yeah probably check it out we've been talking about doing rom-coms like we were going to do it for february but we're just going to move it to earlier in the, later in the year but yeah yeah i like it i i do and i uh i like that you know the, the marvel had a loss with the marvels which i thought that movie was okay and i like nia da costa a lot i don't blame her for it she showed a lot of talent within that movie which i don't know what happened they've tried to throw her under the bus and then <clears throat> because it wasn't doing well the, the Marvel fans, they've never lost before, so they had to turn to like weird tactics of trying to blame the failure on sexism and why are you writing about this and not about this? And then all of a sudden, oh, look, Wonka may not have opened to as much as Marvel's, but it also didn't cost as much, and now it's destroying. Uh, Aquaman, nobody, it was already right. a failure. Oh, wait, look, it's it's made a lot more money than the Marvels already. It is going and to... And I kind of want to go see that one. And, it's it's know, fine. It's, Marvels. it's fine. Uh, I think um, people have been talking this... Or not this year. Actually, a lot this year. I watch um, a few because I watch other YouTubers. I don't want to get his name wrong. Patrick mm-hmm. H. Willems videos. He's the best. He is the best. I highly it, recommend little, him. Yeah, and if you got mm-hmm. the time, go to Nebula and watch his Star Wars Christmas special. I haven't watched that one yet. Hour but... of P- I was like, this is going to be dumb. And I was like, holy shit, this is great. But... When he talked a lot about like the death of cinema, what I would and, and it's like not a thing that's happening. It's a thing that could happen. It's all possibilities and all that. Mm-hmm. What I actually see happening, I think, is going to be a swing back to more like indie style films where I think we're going to get more of it. Like movies aren't going away. No. Right. Just like photography is not going away and music's not going away. There are art forms that, yeah, you do take an investment on. You do put effort into, but it's not going away. I heard this year about, um, and it'll make sense in a hot second, but uh, punk music, as punk music becomes, or genres or styles of punk music become more corporate, <clears throat> that yeah. the underground has to react to that by becoming more ridiculous. Right. Right. And then once that becomes more mainstream, then it slips back around again. Right. And they're like, okay, well, now that shit's mainstream. So we're doing something completely different. And right now, these giant comic book movies are, and all these big, huge, inflated blockbusters have been the mainstream and they, are stopping and not starting to make money. So now, as the indie filmmakers have been doing for years, are doing things, those things will rise up to the top and become more mainstream. And I just think that, like, things are in the middle of a change. And I think we're kind of seeing yep. it. When you can get something like Barbie, that's a weird, plasticky, crazy-looking 
kind of not quite experimental, but weird in its the way it looks and the way it functions as a movie. When that could come out and do well, you're like, oh, well, maybe. Well, you, I think you were too, earlier, maybe do more Greta Gertwig. Maybe I've i I think the Barbenheimer has had an effect where I have noticed the trailers since the Barbenheimer thing have happened have been like they used to do in the old days, the old days, pushing the director's name in the trailer, putting that, you know, like that's what they've been, they've been doing. And it's like, yeah, creators, creators, create what they've done to us with the, the IP thing is we'll get these really talented people and be like, Hey, let's yoink them before they really blossomed and throw them into IP where they're stuck. And if that IP fails, they're gone or, you know, and we've been robbed. Like, could you imagine if, like, let's Wes Anderson makes Rushmore, and then they're like, "Oh, hey, can you come over here and do um, Incredible Donkey Hulk Kong trilogy?" Yeah, yeah. Donkey- <laughs> and and but but you got to do it our way. We got to do this, and then we don't get Tenenbaum. We don't get all that. Like, like because I I told. Like I said in the last episode here, when Scott and I talked to Aquaman Lost Kingdom, like I went into it excited that I got I was getting a new James Wan film more than I was Aquaman. And that's how I always like go into things. Like I'm a fan of brands and stuff, certain series and stuff too, but I, I have this like geekiness towards creators and directors yeah. that I found, which I always have to tell people, I'm like, oh, I'm not excited about that. I'm like, did you like this movie? Well, yeah, I love that. I'm like, the same guy made it, made this. Really, I'm like, well, if you, yeah, they want to tell stories. These are our storytellers, so you should follow. That's kind of a thing that's been weird. Like, who would, who could Colin Trevorrow have been had he not been picked up after his first indie, then made the biggest movie and got a big fucking head, and then just got fired from a Star Wars movie and then put back to that. Like, who would he have been if you know that didn't happen? Who like some people shine. Some people met, but like Kugler, he built up. Like he, he got an honest oh, yeah. little build up, and he, he I did like Fruitvale Station and shit. You Fruitvale know? Station, and, like, and then Creed was a low key yeah. kind of thing, but fuck, it was awesome. And um, it wasn't IP, but it wasn't like here's the Rocky nostalgia movie. No, they were like here's a continuation of that story. And you're like, oh, like we don't. They didn't right. listen to the nostalgia super heavy with it. They kind of did their own thing. It was like, all right, yeah. So yeah, I'm hoping we're getting to that. I don't want this. I don't think the superhero movies and stuff need to go away. I'm not for that. I'm just like, maybe you spend less on them. Maybe you yes. focus on them. Maybe you release one to two a year, not five. Just yeah, I don't know. We we shall for everything see. to be said about Ang Lee's Hulk. It's fucking unique. I don't care that movie. That movie it, it hasn't super aged well. But look what the, he was doing weird shit. He was doing the comic well, book yeah. panels in it and all that. And it's like. We didn't get that anymore, and it's like, well, maybe build. I don't know. Like, I, I'm okay. I'm with always doing fascinated. Weird stuff. Yeah, I th- that movie fascinates me far more, and I'll go back to it more than a movie that was just like, okay, that was fine. You yeah. know, like the it, next Incredible Hulk was technically good, and what's his name, uh, Edward Norton, yeah. did a really good job. But that movie's not as interesting. Like, no. it's like okay, that's a cool Hulk movie. At least they figured it out with Mark Ruffalo later. But like the old one is like, look, we got to watch this. Like everybody, come sit down and let's look at. Well, Something that's ridiculous. Mark Ruffalo got awesome. like Mark Ruffalo and Bradley Cooper got the best gigs in Marvel because he just had to show up in regular clothes here and there, and then maybe <laughs> a week or two in mocap, and he can and he never got his own movies, so he never was taken away for that long. He's continued to build up an Oscar resume during it, yeah. and Bradley Cooper just came to voice stuff for one of the most popular series and characters, 
And it's like he doesn't have his face recognized with it that he can do his own stuff. And he's it's already barely his voice. He, like yeah. it's not his speaking voice, you know. He changes it a little bit. So yeah. Now yeah. what is he what's he doing uh, right now? The uh he, the composer he's got, movie? He's a maestro. Yeah. Uh which yeah. And there we go. Yes. Uh I played here in town for a couple weeks for it landed on Netflix, so um, they did. I did. I do give Netflix props. This year, Netflix revamped and opened the Chinese or the Chinese, the Egyptian theater. They reopened that theater in Hollywood, where they are showing, Ooh, okay. premiering, premiering their movies, showing them for a few weeks, and stuff like Maestro plays in uh, limited cities before. Uh, I'm kind of here for that. Yeah, like, we're not getting rid would, of Netflix, but I want to go to the theater. So if I can yeah. see, there's some good Netflix shit. That I'm yeah. like, if you put that in the theater, I'll go. Yep, I went and saw Glass Onion that one weekend. It played. I like. I was like, I pre-ordered ticket. I was like, I'm, I'm seeing that. Oh, damn, it's Ryan Johnson. Super fun. It's Ryan Johnson. I, he's got my butt in the seat on opening weekend for anything he puts out. So, uh, good with that. So, movies that my butt was not in the seat for this year. So, I want to mention the movies I did not get to uh, before this. And you know, this is a case of not having the time. Some of them I had screeners for, but I didn't have. The t- I just. It's a lot to cram in December sometimes uh, with some of these. But I did not get to the zone of interest. It's not opening here yeah. till February. I did not get to the Iron Claw. I don't know if that one would have made my list, but I, I hear it's quite good. good. I hear it's quite yeah. good. Uh, How to Blow Up a Pipeline. I was really interested in that movie, and I just couldn't get i just never got to it which i love afterwards when i don't have the the oh i have to make a list these become nominees for maybe next year's uh best new to me like uh the worst person in the world which holy fuck that might have been my maybe have competed as one of my favorite movies of the year oh, worst that year person that com- in the world i haven't even heard of that one. Oh my god it's a swedish guy he uh i think he's sweden um he's got this trill this oslo trilogy that he's got but this movie fucking wrecked me oh my oh, god really? uh yeah, it was incredible. I saw it. Uh, Criterion came out with it. Uh, it was on Hulu for a while. It might still be on Hulu. Um, excellent, excellent movie. Just uh, there's some shit in there that <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, I just I'll be I, the right yeah. mind frame for it. Yeah, it's it's deep. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, Bottoms. I had that. I have that screener still. I just have not got to it. Uh, Origin is not playing here till January nineteenth. I think it's my birthday movie because my birthday is the twentieth, and maybe I'll go see that that weekend uh dream scenario i never got to that one uh shida persian version and all the strangers i have no idea when that's opening here where i live uh they didn't send out screeners i well i think they sent out physical ones i think i get a digital one for that but those are the movies i did not see that could have that could have made it here um i apologize to the ones i have and just didn't get to you (laughs) uh well my list for movies i haven't seen and I did want to. I only added one. I only added two from your list because I was reminded mm. of them. But the zone of interest, I heard them talking about it on NPR. And I was like, oh, this movie sounds absolutely fucked up. And I need to see yeah. this because, yeah, show me, you know, people being all benign about something terrible. <laughs> uh, and how to bomb a pipeline. I was really interested in that one. Mm-hmm. So I had heard about the book before it. And like, I was like, yeah, let's see that. I need to check it out. I had anyway, a great trailer, uh, too. Yeah, it did. It was a fun trailer. Uh, Bottoms, we uh, saw a trailer for it at the CanCan when we went to go see the cat movie this year. Okay. It was just a movie of internet cats because that's what I wasted one of my movie trips on. I didn't waste it. It was super fun. Ah. It, was in, it was money for uh, charity. No, but number nine on cloned, Chris's list this year. Yep. <laughs> the cat me movie. Uh, they cloned Tyrone. I had been wanting to see that, but we're going to do a reaction oh. to it. So I'm sitting on that one. Bird Box Barcelona. Bird Box was super fun on Netflix when it mm-hmm. came out, and I was like, they're doing the Barcelona version. I, I fuck it. I don't care. Like, I'll watch that. The creator, 
uh, oh, Rustin. Oh, good. And that's it. That was the ones I didn't see. I wanted to see Rustin um, because the guy who is playing Rustin, like I don't know a lot about him, about Rustin. Mm-hmm. I wanted to learn more about him. He was in the civil rights movement, but uh, he was gay. So they kind of pushed him towards the back just a little bit. And the guy who plays him is the actor from Euphoria who plays uh, Ruse. Um, uh, uh, Col- Coleman Domingo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ali. Ali's his name in uh, Euphoria. He's our sponsor. Mm-hmm. And one of the best episodes of uh Euphoria is just the two of them talking in a diner for like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Because it was yeah. during the pandemic. And they they both really showed that they got pure, unadulterated acting chops. So he's he's uh, good. We'll like he that. was uh he was in color purple uh in the Danny Glover yes, part. Was. And he's fucking great. And he was in uh a movie that made my top ten. It was number ten a few years back, Zola. If you ever saw Zola. No, I did not. Holy shit. Uh that movie I, I like that movie. It was crazy. It was based off some like Twitter thread or something? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The girl with the story and, and the, the the strippers yeah. in Florida. Yeah, yeah. Remember? And uh, cousin Greg, story. cousin Greg from uh, uh, Successions in it. That movie's nuts. And okay, I, I was there for it. I was like, nice. uh, yeah, I wouldn't have said, I wouldn't have even like rushed to see it, uh, see it then. But like Jimmy O from Jobolo.com was telling me, he's like, dude. I got a text one night from him. All it said was fucking Zola. I was like, oh, that bad? He's like, no, go fucking see Zola. I was like, all right. (laughs) I was like, all right, dude. Um, You know, I'm going to get the AMC movie pass this year. I'm just going to. There you go. I'm I'm, going to do that. There you go. AMC pass. Um, Okay. Uh, So I'm going to. I don't like to make worst of lists, but there was a movie that just. uh, For me this year that I saw. That I'm gonna have to call. This is okay. I'm not gonna call it exactly the worst movie because this is probably the most high profile movie that I just did not enjoy at all. And I was just like, this is garbage. And that was Ghosted. That was on Apple Plus. Apple Plus. Ghosted. What was it about? Oh God, it was bad. It uh, it was Ana de Armas and uh, Chris Evans, who okay. just loves making shitty movies. Ever since, like. <laughs> I was telling like he was on his way. He could have been a like superstar. I'm like he went, he had an end game. Then he had knives out and garbage. Like he was pedestaling oh. his way up to like his exit plan. And then he's doing all these like streamers and working with the Russo still. Like granted, yes, they did make a lot of Marvel stuff for him. But like, extraction God. was good. I haven't seen extraction. That, no, you're wrong, Chris. That's Hemsworth. He's doing fine. Well, that's right. Nope. Evans is Cap- Marvel Cap- Chris is confused. Captain America, but we all know Pine is the best Chris. That for me at least. I'm I'm yeah. fine. I like I think Hemsworth's funny. He's one. I like him. Extraction 2 was okay. It was a bad. Surprisingly good. Yeah. Uh so yeah, Ghost it's this uh like this he's guy this lowly guy is down and out dating this girl and she ghosts him and it turns out she's a super spy. All the action sucks. Uh, this Super movie, if, if you want an example of uh, like what people might think of like as an AI generated movie, it's this. <laughs> oh no, it's bad. It is like I just oh, there's an enraging scene, and then it gets obsessed with cameos, and it's like, what is this? Like, what are we doing? Like this, because a guy shows up and you go, oh, that doesn't yeah. mean it's good. That doesn't make a movie. And there's so much like Star Wars has been obsessed with that for a bit on their TV shows. Oh. Um, and like all this stuff and like, it means nothing. It means nothing, but like, Oh, I like this. I know this. like, no, 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 folks. Nope. 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 You know, Aquaman two didn't have 
cameos. Fucking cameos. They cut them, but it didn't have yeah. them in the end. And that's... You know what Andor <laughs> didn't have? If I could think Can't. at the moment. It, uh, it had characters, but they, like Mon Mothma no was cameos. a main character. Oh, yeah, that's right. She was a main okay. character, but she had her own storyline, so that's fine. It was yeah, her and Cassian. Not a cameo. Not a cameo. And that's why Andor ruled. Probably the best Star Wars, unfortunately, in the last decade. I don't know. They're going to have to fight me on that one. I, I do okay. like the early Live Mandalorian. Action. The early Mandalorian when it wasn't obsessed with cameos or trying to fit in the larger universe. Anyway, yeah. So that was my uh, next up. Okay. This is a section. I don't know if you picked one. I did give you a heads up. But the best new to me movie of... Uh, 2023 that i saw do you want to go first on this since i've been yakking. yeah okay yeah yeah yeah. so here's <clears> the <throat> thing though is that because of the nature of watching reactions sometimes it is frowned upon to watch other stuff i don't care i do it anyway because i need mm-hmm. to see movies but uh we watched or my wife showed me this old movie and i need to look up the name of it and it's gonna be sad it was an italian film oh. about the holocaust but the guy's kind of funny like his kid is being his kid's getting... I, 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 I'm going to forget the name of the damn movie. Kenny, is it Life is one? Beautiful? Life is Beautiful. Nominated for seven Academy Awards. Family and imagination conquer all. Life is Beautiful. <laughs> Roberto Benigni! Yeah, yeah, everybody! Everybody! I won Oscar! Yeah, yeah! Yeah, I remember. The movie fucking broke me. I was not ready. I was like, oh. <laughs> Oh, oh, no. Jesus, please. So I saw that and it corrected me, but it was a, it was a good watch. And um, my wife is from Europe. She's Czech. And so a lot of the movies that she got were like movies that weren't exactly mainstream here were mainstream there. Right. And so she was like, oh yeah, everyone's seen this movie. And I was like, not really. I feel like (laughs) just not hearing about it. Yeah, I, I it, won a, it won an Oscar and he went crazy at the Oscars, so everybody remembered him for that because he was jumping up. And I can't re- can't remember who he beat. He, like, he, I think it was like Nick Nolte. <laughs> so Nick oh Nolte has God. no Oscar for, uh, hold on. But... It was uh, 2000. No, not 2000. No, it's 90s. Uh, yeah, he won Best Actor in 99. And who did he beat for that? I remember it's like, because it's like, Gosh, I will find out. You keep going. Yeah, well, it's a sweet movie, and I like the way that um, I like any movie. Oh, this is going to sound weird. I like any movie about World War II that's not like a war movie. Like, I think the last one I liked a lot was like Jojo Rabbit. Like, oh, yeah, I, I like yeah. the kind of like, let's take it a step back. The new Schindler's List apparently is going to be this fucking <laughs> zone of interest. So, like, right. it's on my list. So, yeah, I, I like a movie like okay. that. I was just really surprised, and, and it touched my heart a lot. I was like, all right. Okay, so Nick Nolte was the front runner for this, for Affliction. Uh, he also beat out Tom Hanks for Saving Private Ryan, Ian McKellen okay. for Gods and Monsters, and Edward Norton for American History X. Nick Nolte. Oh, they were pissed. Edward Dale Norton has no had actor. to be pissed, boy. Oh, no, that was Whoa. early. That was early. Oh, I'm sure he was pissed but regularly, but the, the front runner was like, this is Nick Nolte's year. He's finally going to yeah. do it. That was rough. No. Oh, so. Nick Nolte, wasn't he in uh, The Wrestler? No, that's uh, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke, my bad. Mickey in my Rourke. head, they were the same person in for a second. Yeah, um, but Mickey work. I was like, well, I mean, oh, haggard uh, times for him. I get that. Uh, Mickey work. I used to confuse with uh, VHS covers when I was a kid. Bruce Willis, the young Mickey work, looked like 
him and Bruce Willis had a look. I'm about to time travel to a a blockbuster to see if that's true. I I actually like it was funny. I just showed my son uh, Drive, uh, the Nicholas Ryan and Ruffin with Ryan Gosling movie. Yeah, and everybody likes Gosling's performance. And I was watching it this time. I was like, oh shit, he's doing Mickey. He's doing '80s Mickey Rourke. Back when we all loved this guy, and everyone's like, "What's with Mickey Rourke?" I'm like, "Dude, he was a, he was pretty damn good in the '80s. He was smooth." And I'm like, "That's what Gosling's channeling here is Mickey Rourke," because um, I could see that. So, life is beautiful. Oh, life is beautiful. That's awesome. So, what was yours? What was your uh, uh, okay? You saw? No idea. I don't know how I went my whole life and did not know this movie existed. Uh, it's from 1978. It's called The Silent Partner. Okay. And it is co-directed, it's written and co-directed by Curtis Hansen. Uh, he did L.A. Confidential, Wonder Boys, 8 Mile. Um, hey, yeah. Uh, so this movie has Elliot Gould and Susanna York and Christopher Plummer in it. And, oh, there's a small John role, Candy? John Candy, yes. So there's this guy, he works at a bank, and this is the 80s, it's in a, or 70s, it's in a mall. It's Christmas time, so we could watch it. This, you know, this time of year. John or, Candy's in. It's got to be a Christmas movie, right? Or a travel movie. <laughs> true, least. true. This is his SCTV days, or it was getting ready to start. So, uh, he's cleaning at the end, and uh, when people used to do a deposit slip, it was one of those carbon copy things. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember that. And and he's he's got one, and he's looking. The top's gone, and he notices an indent written in there, and it says like, "I have a gun. Give me your money." And he's like, what the hell? And so he goes home at night. He doesn't think anything of it. And when he's going to work the next day in the mall, the Santa out there that's collecting for money, he notices the handwriting's the same on his Santa sign as it was on that thing. And he's in and he's in work, and the Santa comes in, and he starts writing again, and he gets nervous, and there's a, a woman and, his, and her kid come up in front, and they're taking forever in the line. And the guy in the Santa costume, which is Christopher Plummer or whatever, he gets huffs off and leaves, and so this guy decides he's going to come rob me. And he doesn't like tell police or anything. He's going to rob me anyway. So he brings his bag with him the next day. He comes in. He gets stuck up. He gives him the note and says, you know, and he puts money in his bag and the other guy's bag and sets it out. So <clears throat> Christopher Plummer takes the money and he's got money of his own. Ooh. Well, the news reports how much is lost, and Christopher Plummer sees the news and is like, wait, I didn't have that but fun. And he's like, that motherfucker set me. He took it. And so he starts stalking Elliot Gould about it. It's very That's, Hold on. So Christopher, all right, because you got to keep in mind, I've seen Christopher mm-hmm. Plummer mm-hmm. in The Sound of Music <laughs> and Knives Out. He's the bad guy yeah. in this movie. He's a oh, bad yeah. Santa? Yeah. Yeah. He's a bad he Santa. Fuck me up. But this gets crazy too, because Elliot Gould is like, yeah, it's a cat and mouse huh. game, and Elliot Gould like, because he starts enjoying life, and then Christopher, because I think Christopher Plummer like he alerts the cops, and he gets shot on his way out, so he's got to recover. So it gives Elliot Gould time for comfort with yeah. his new money and stuff, uh, and he starts building because he's a kind of a dweeb, and he starts building more confidence. But this movie is from if you like Alfred Hitchcock movies. This oh, yeah. is like the best thing he did, one of the best things he didn't make. And I can't believe I never heard of it. Aaron Neuwirth, <clears throat> who's on the show a lot, was uh, doing research for another podcast and had to watch it for it. And he was like, what the hell is this? Where did this come from? And it was on Canopy uh, or Hoopla, one of those two free library streaming services. And I, I watched it instantly. I was like, 
why does no one talk about this movie? It's excellent. Like, it's okay. really good. So that's my pick this year um, is The Silent Partner. The Silent Partner. All right. Yeah. Nice. I also checked out something this year, sir, that um, came from from uh, you. Uh, I checked out Chainsaw Man. Uh, Yay! That like intro a, song. <laughs> yes. Uh, like a month after we did uh, PopCon because we gave away those puff sheets. Uh, and I was like, I don't yeah. know what those damn things are. So I checked it out. It was pretty enjoyable. So I don't watch a lot of anime. Um, I did go see The Boy and the Heron, folks. So, hey. Ooh, um, I missed that one. So, uh, but yeah, I saw Chainsaw Man. And I kind of dug it. It was really, it was really wild and sort of my kind of thing. That one where they were in that, uh, when they're in the, it was a, an apartment building and the steps yeah, oh, went yeah, to yeah. the same floor and yeah. shit. I'm like, this is my cup of tea. I always loved it. And they these. were sad. They were big sad. <laughs> yeah. So I was well, like, Brandon, as your uh, one friend, I think at the moment at least, who watches anime, just let me tell you this. If anybody suggests an anime to you, Run it by me first, not because they're probably wrong, but anime <laughs> people will not respect your time commitment, <clears throat> and they'll be like, you should watch One Piece. It's a thousand episodes. They're not done with it. And I keep being told it's one of the best things ever. I haven't gotten around to watching it. I will. I literally am contractually obligated to. But yeah. don't don't just let anybody stick you with anything, man, because, yeah, Naruto is great, but it's also 400 episodes. Gotcha. Yeah, I, sure uh, got the time. I have watched uh, <laughs> Doctor Who the entire okay. series <laughs> multiple times, and that's not quite a thousand yet but i have been there but i'm really really fucking into doctor who so and i just kind of randomly will go back to episodes yeah. and stuff so we are yeah so the commitment i don't know yeah, yeah that is a commitment that yeah but you just find yourself doing um, it maybe just stick with movies with me with anime that might that might do it um so yeah <clears throat> okay so i'm gonna start here before we get to 10 I want to go over my honorable mention section, which is 20 to 11, because I have some in here, and I won't spend the whole time talking, because they didn't make it. They okay. didn't make it, but there were some that crushed me, that I was like, yes, I can't wait to talk about this one, and this one, I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh no, and and there was a hard choice with like the la- the 13 through, uh, 12 and 11, I wanted them in there, but, uh, so number 20, I have Priscilla, uh, it's All right. the, uh, Sophia Coppola, um, the other side of the Elvis story, um, really pretty looking movie. And I really like which, so like the guy from Saltburn, uh, he's Elvis and she is like, there, there's like, someone's like, Elvis won that tall. I'm like, she's doing a height differential thing to show you how young she is. How young she was. Well, yeah. Cause it was kind of fucked a up. Visual thing. <laughs> so it goes into that. So, uh, Pretty good. I mean, Sophia Coppola does good stuff. Uh, the the clone Tyrone, which I watched a few times while it was on Netflix, ah. it's a cool movie. Uh, Jamie Fox is hilarious in this movie, um, but it's a really good one. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, next one, a thousand and one, <clears throat> which I just checked out this week or last week. I didn't know. I I watched the screener, but it was on. It's on Amazon Prime, folks. But uh, it bumped up the list. It was on my list to watch anyway, and I would have got it in regardless but obama's list came out last week and i'm like you know what it was a, it was on the top 10 and i was like you know what? i'm gonna check this out now and yeah this is this hits a there's a turn in this thing that i was just like oh oh okay like I'm, I'm writing that down because it was the turn yeah good stuff there uh just like yeah i it, i believe it's the debut film from the director i can't remember her name but i'm like more yep number 17 talk to me a movie oh 
So good. I really want to see the guys who make that. They make a lot of uh, YouTube skits that I was watching yeah. beforehand. Raka Raka. And like, yep. uh, it's uh, another one that's on my list to see. But we're starting <clears> to do more horror movies throughout yeah. our repertoire throughout the year. And I'm like, no, nah, I want to I want to watch that. Also, yeah. the Gen Z horror movies have been really fun. Like Body <laughs> Body's Body. So mm-hmm. more Gen Z horror. I'm into it. Yeah, this one. Oh, man. Really good stuff here. Come from Australia. Uh, liked it a lot. Um, Maestro, Bradley Cooper floored me five minutes into this movie, just like this is his second, this is his motherfucker's second film. And he was like, Steven Spielberg, can you direct this? And Spielberg's like, No, you're directing this. And then I see, <laughs> and then I see what Bradley Cooper's doing. I'm like, What the fuck? And I, there's a lot of people complaining that it's hollow. I'm like, No, y'all just watch it on Netflix at home and won't pay a lock in and let visuals tell things, folks. You don't have to be dialogue every god damn yeah. time uh but maestro and it has excellent sound design um to it too i um i had a friend that was sending me their dvd screener of it and aaron, aaron my friend aaron earth i was like better sound wait wait for <laughs> wait for it to come on netflix for better sound i was like okay uh that movie he does some incredible stuff uh visually with maestro mm-hmm. and his, him and carrie mulligan's performances are great um too uh but off the bat, I'm like, you're capable of this already? This is crazy. Uh, so, number 15, Pathan. Is off. Have you heard of Pathan you know about? No, Pathan? I, this is my first time hearing that okay. word. This is uh, another Hindi, uh, is a Hindi action movie. Uh, it stars their their biggest celebrity of all time, Shah Rukh Khan. If you think Tom Cruise, no, I do is know big, Shah Rukh Khan. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> if you think Tom, so this is him and uh, the girl. Um, can't remember her name. She announced the not to not to at the Oscars last year. I think her name's like Deepka or something. So this this is James Bond, Mission Impossible, Fast and Furious. This it had a moment that had me laughing my ass off. We did RRR two times. Last oh yeah, year, so I'm here for Pathan. So, Pathan, yeah, everybody liked RRR. Uh, this was a his big action, and it's like it's cra- it's over the top. It's crazy. It's everything those like Red Notice movies wishes they were. Okay. Uh, this, but I mean, this has better star power, better action. I mean, it's just it's fun. It's and it's crazy. There's only one musical number in it before the credits, though. That's kind of yeah. I've got to yeah. We did watch the uh, we did a trailer reaction to it, and a lot of other people did on YouTube. <clears throat> but there's not a lot of reactions out for it, so I'm okay. wondering for whatever reason it hasn't hit the react sphere. Gotcha. But a lot of uh, Hindi movies or Bollywood movies are okay. big, or even Tollywood too big on reacting to because they're so okay. grandiose. You know? There was another so. one. So he had three this year, and the uh, I, the other one just released. But um, there was one called Jawan, which yeah. is really good. I think technically that's probably the better movie. It has more to say, but this was more fun uh, for me. <laughs> I like Bathon. I'm a big spy fantasy guy, so that worked. Okay, so run through Joyride. Fucking hilarious. Love that movie. Uh, the Holdovers is excellent, and somebody asked me about, like, hey, man, I, I feel like Holdovers is this really good movie. People are going to forget about it. I'm like, no. It takes place at Christmas and has Christmas-like stuff in it. Uh-oh. It's going to be a new classic. So I'm a Christmas movie for next year, baby. There we go. And uh, number 12, this one killed me. I thought this would be in my 10 once I saw it. Uh, the Teacher's Lounge. Um, this comes from, I think it's German. Um, <clears throat> but it's about, do you know what this one is? 
I do not know what this one is. And so, it's German. So Yeah. Okay. This is another one of those. A lot of people shot classy stuff in four, uh, one, 137 or 133, one 4x3 stuff. This yeah, 4x3. We're doing 4x3. Oh, Everybody's yeah. doing it now. Um, and some do high eight, right? Uh, anyway, so this one is about there's a school, this elementary school, I think elementary or middle school, and they have, they're having a theft problem. And this one teacher, this young teacher that's trying to be cool with everybody and whatnot, sets up in the teacher's lounge. She leaves her jacket on the table, leaves some loose cash, and sets up her laptop recording it down like you can't tell. And she ends up catching like the uh, the uh, the lady that runs the front desk in the office doing it. And, <laughs> and she tries to go her own way about like fixing the situation, and it just spirals horribly. But it also has a lot to say about when people double down on being wrong or something like that. And it is just, it's fascinating. It's thrilling. Oh, yeah, I like it's, this. And yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, but I, I liked it a lot. Um, I think it came from Sony pictures classics, but yeah, teacher's lounge. And then this cut, I don't know how the hell, but I just, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse just missed. And that, Ooh. that movie has, one of the best cliffhangers I've ever seen. and Didn't know it was going to be a cliffhanger in the theater. I freaked out. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I, I knew it was part one of two, but like, I didn't know I, where I was at. It's right there in the movie, and you're like, you don't even think a thing of it. You just get so sucked in. And the movie <clears throat> pushed animation again. Like, they could have just coasted on what they did last time. <laughs> and I, I won't say what, but like, that movie's beautiful. I love it. And I had a lot of high-rated movies this year. And my top... Yeah, my 11 to 20 could have been a satisfying 10. My my 21 to 30, even, I could have made like a satisfying 10. But nice. that's my <clears throat> that's my honorable mention. So we will go to our top 10s. We'll go one by one. Oh, yeah. And we can start with you at number 10. All right, and just to be clear, for me, uh, these aren't like, all right, number one is going to be my favorite movie that I thought was the best movie I saw this year. Other than that, I'm not ranking them. I'm okay. just telling you my, my movies. Is that cool or we're doing rankings? Do you usually do rankings? So you're going the Scott Mendelson round of I will do not, uh, 10, through one, 10 through 2 alphabetical. That's what he does every year. And then okay. <laughs> so that's fair. It's hard. I get it. <clears throat> well, mm, if that's the case, then hold on. Let me let me well, no, my list one more time. Like, you can just yeah, just All right, go with, then just here. Go with, my, go with the, what you want, and then when we hit one, we hit one. That's the perfect. Thematically, for me, uh, and by no means is this movie my tenth, but it makes sense to talk about it. Uh, across the Spider Verse. It's just hard to see my little man not being my little boy all the time. Miles, want to get out of here? We are supposed to be the good guys. We are. Oh, there we go. Perfect. 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 Changed animation again. I wasn't ready for the cliffhanger, and I'm usually not a fan of that, but I thought it was good. But the... uh, there's a lot of subtext uh, in the culture about the movie uh, that we really got into. I do like um, just Miles' turn as being Spider-Man. It was all these issues, all these problems, people telling him that he doesn't fit into spaces and, uh, you know, that resonates. And <clears> then 
with him kind of going up against uh, Miguel and like even Miguel, <sighs> I think not quite realizing how he sounds when he's like, you don't belong here. And it's like, mm-hmm. damn, man, come on. Like, you know, and it's it's all subtext because people didn't want Miles to be Spider-Man. It was this whole thing. There was Donald Glover for Spider-Man. All this shit exists all behind here. And they're able to put that into a movie and you don't need to know any of that going yeah. in. And it's still really, really good. And they hit those emotional things like even when Gwen's like can Spider-Man come out instead of uh Miles and he's like oh, I guess want to break the rules to go hang out with her and the betrayal and the visuals I'll never say enough about the visuals it's a great movie it's really oh, yeah. fun it's really good soundtrack's awesome um if you haven't seen it I don't know why if uh, uh, there's two multiverse movies that are doing two multiverse franchises uh, no one's a franchise the other one's a movie everything everywhere all at <laughs> once and the Spider-Verse they're doing really good all right so like yeah. Forget all the other multiverse stuff. Go see that. That's it. I thought it was amazing. Uh, it was a great moment in the theater because I didn't know it was going to be a cliffhanger. And I was uh, sitting on the uh, seat with my shoes on the seat being like, holy shit, what's going to happen? And then I was like, oh, damn, cliffhanger. Yeah. My one uh, one note to anybody making the movie is that when they show the Prowler version of Miles, they show his shoes and he is wearing. So Miles mm. is, usually wears these um uh, Air Force or not Air Force? These uh, Jordan ones, mm-hmm. and they're red and white. And then when they showed the, the the evil version, the dark version, they showed them having the same shoes. So it's a Jordan one, but it's all black. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's this meme that has been around for a long time that like the most evil sneaker possible is the all black Air Force one. Oh. I think if they would have showed them with mm-hmm. those on, like there's memes where like a guy's wearing all black Air Force ones and he punches your mom. What do you do? And it's like I walk away. Like so, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> They gotcha. could have took a moment to kind of memify that because everything else in the movie is so like up to date and hip and all that shit. But mm-hmm. they still did their own thing. And the uh, Jordan one from across the Spider-Verse came out while his shoes glitching through different times. So they made that shoe and it's great and it looks nice and I want to own one. And the movie's awesome. And I'm going to buy the damn shoes from the movie. That doesn't happen often aside from Back to the Future. Yeah, I love both those Spider-Verse movies. The, the first one made my top 10 that year when it came out. Um and this one, sh- oh, it's so close. Uh, if this one would have came out, if this was the first one to come out, you know what I mean? It's just that they even did change things, but I get it. Well, I like that Ninja Turtles took the baton correctly from Spider-Verse. It was like, yeah, do your own thing with the animation. Don't You don't have to like look like everybody else or look like these safe cartoons or anything like that. Get I, weird. Get mm. weird as shit. I mm-hmm. love it. All right, cool. Um, <clears throat> my number 10 is American Fiction. Ooh, uh, I just saw the trailer. Just saw the trailer. I want to see that so bad. It's hilarious. Too few books were about my people. Where's our representation? Would you read an excerpt? Yo, Sharonda, girl, you be pregnant again? Critics are calling American fiction a masterpiece. I'm sure white people on the Hamptons will delight in it. We will. They, we, it's going to be huge. And now, the Washington Post has named it the best picture of the year. All successful writers are tormented by their families. You look fat. Okay. American Fiction. Rated R. In select theaters December 15th. Jeffrey Wright's killing it. Uh, Sterling K. Brown. Uh, this is probably Robert Downey Jr.'s, rightfully so, year. But, man, he's so good. Like he sh- I, I'm like, g- give him a nomination because he's okay. super yeah, good right, in this. Um, also, Jeffrey Wright's good in it. And this movie's fucking hilarious um i i just i laughed so hard like i couldn't like believe it I, i'm i'm laughing at you know what he's creating what he like because he's this he gets forced or he wants to make a mockery of uh writing uh stereotypically for, for you know black stories and all this stuff yeah. and, and it 
and it's super successful and shit. And, it's, and like, because uh, Issa Rae's a character in the movie, right? And she does that. He's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I guess I'll try it as like a. He a wants to throw goof, it, but like in her face type thing, because he writes these like f- stories and like they're decent sellers, but like, and that's what he cares about the art. Uh, but he's also it's funny because that is like something they just punch back to here and there. He's got a whole thing going on with his sister. Uh, back home and and things that that's mo- most of the movie is dealing with <clears throat> and um, yeah there's there's shit in here there there's a just uh, between him bringing it like pulling out the black stereotypes and the white stereotypes in here are on point and hilarious i saw like, the trailer while uh watching color <laughs> purple and the the audience was laughing at the trailer like hella hard and i was like that's usually the mark of like if that's yeah. a, if all the jokes are in the trailer, then you're like, ah, oh, no. But if they got more than that, then it's gonna be great. Like yeah, I, I do want to watch that. Yeah, I did notice that the trailer did have the Juneteenth joke in there. Like, oh, we get your book out by Juneteenth. Like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but yeah, it's good stuff. So that uh, American fiction, hilarious and good drama. And I, I really love. Yeah, the way it resolves itself is great too. So, um, yeah. So number nine or. Your, what, yeah. what's going to place number nine here, but the next one you want to talk about. Number nine. Uh, who's your favorite, Chris? It is uh, Chris Pine. Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yes. That's a good movie. I like that one. Yo, I I did not want to watch that movie. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll watch it. And it was so good that I watched it at work for a reaction, which uh, this doesn't happen often, but the card dismembered itself. It like corrupted in a way that's impossible to fix. It's like one of those one in 1000 chances or whatever. But mm-hmm. the movie was so good that I came home and was like with my wife I was like, we got to watch it and like rewatched it. And she was like, this movie's fucking great. It's like, yeah, it's got absolutely no right to be this good. It's just a straight up romp. Uh, super fun, funny, very funny. Maybe want to <laughs> play Dungeons and Dragons, which is a thing that's been on my like to do list forever. But I just don't mm-hmm. have the time to start doing campaigns right. with people. But uh, uh, I loved it, man. I thought it was really, really fun. It felt, you know, the whole they don't make them like this anymore. They do. That's one of them. I don't mm-hmm. know what it's like. It's like the Goonies, but for adults, if that makes I don't know. Yeah. It's like well, you don't, it's fun. It, and it's, it's good for people who know more about Dungeons & Dragons and just a Joe Schmo coming in and watching a movie about Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. Like, uh, Michelle Rodriguez is great in that movie. Uh, there's a, there's a, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a, maybe the best cameo of the year one of them in that movie uh and it capped off when she goes to visit her ex-husband oh yes 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 okay nonchalant <laughs> just that's a cameo folks um not oh look scootabacker showed up yeah, from the other it- one that capped off maybe my my favorite month going to movies this year one of them just there uh he was was it February or it was March that just every weekend had one to two movies that were like, I guess it started with, I think Creed three was the first one to come out that mm. month. <clears throat> or maybe there was one the week before, but it was like, boom, it was like Creed three, scream six, duh, and it was like good stuff coming out week after week. Shazam Fury, the gods was in there, which I was okay with, but like was the bomb story of the month. And then Dungeons dragons. But yeah, that was a good month. Yeah. And uh, so here's the thing. I love Hugh Grant. I'm I'm not like a super huge Hugh Grant fan. Yeah. But my wife, for whatever reason, her and her mom love Hugh Grant. She's like, Hugh Grant's so handsome. We watch Love Actually, which is a movie I guess we technically like, but we mm-hmm. don't really like it. We just put it on during Christmas because it's funny 
and they cuss more than like the other Christmas movies. Yeah. But she was like, Hugh Grant's so handsome. And then she was like, oh, shit, that's Hugh Grant. And I was like, damn, I watched this movie twice. It didn't even like <laughs> think to myself, oh, yeah, that's Hugh Grant. I was just like, hey, he's oh, old, yeah. old man, Hugh Grant, with a couple <laughs> more pounds. Does she like Sense and Sensibility, the Ang Lee one? Ooh, I don't know that she's ever seen oh, Sense and Sensibility. I, I like that Uh-oh. one quite a bit. It's uh, Hugh Grant Banger. Yep. Emma Thomas, uh, it's a it's probably, yeah, Sense of Sensibility, so it's um, Jane Austen type stuff. But yeah, that's a good one. It was in one of my uh, Columbia Classics collection sets, and that was my sleeper for that set because everybody yeah. judges what classics they put in there, and everybody gets excited about ones, and then you revisit one, and you're like, God damn, that was that was really good. Like, there's I don't one. have kids. If I did, I'd be like, let's watch Dungeons and Dragons again. Oh, I took my kids. Yeah, we we went, and they were yeah, they liked it a lot. Um, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I, I like Dungeons and Dragons quite a bit. Um, okay, uh, number. Nine for me is The Killer, the new David Fincher movie with uh, Michael Fassbender. And How was that? <clears throat> My wheelhouse, man. The, these little like hitman, cool hitman type guy movies. He doesn't do anything for the first five minutes and it's riveting. Yeah. No, it's it's just he's building himself up. So God, I want to see this. <clears throat> it's it's on Netflix. You can pop it on right Ooh. now. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was in the theaters for uh, played for about a month in the theater. Uh, but this is one of those cool hitman movies like uh, <clears throat> uh, Le Samurai. Have you ever seen that one? Nah. High recommend uh, Le Samurai. It's a Melville film. Um, but these like cool ones that we were talking like, I can't remember the last, well, I was like talking about like, the last time we had one of these, but this is, he fucks up. Killing people, him softly, maybe? There's killing him softly. Um, there's like that George Clooney one, the American. Um, <clears throat> but... There's like the professional, all these like movies, but like Leon, Leon. Uh, but this one, like he, he talks himself up, he fucks up the hit, and then the people who hire him from the hit need to clean shit up, and it's about him going around. Tilda Swinton, <clears throat> her segment in the movie comes in, and she just, just blows you away. She's just like, holy shit! Like you As see Tilda Swinton and stuff. Yeah, you always like you can never get used to like Tilda Swinton because she's always so damn good. But this movie's just a. Fucking! This is my speed right here. Uh, that movie is just like sweet. Your slick hitman movie. David Fincher just crushing it. Um, it's based off a comic book. I haven't read the comic book. Okay. But yeah, the killer. I like it. So, uh, I watched it twice the weekend. It was it popped on Netflix. So. All right. I'm just now realizing that if every single one of your movies is a movie I haven't seen, I'm going to be watching movies. I'm going to try to get through the rest of the month. That's it. It's a sad month. It's gray outside. It's cold. Right. Binge movies. So then we're on to number eight, yeah? Eight, eight, number eight. And let me check off my list because now I'm just jumping around. Uh, number eight for me is going to be controversial to all the super nerds out there Uh-oh. who is my fan base and my friends. Uh, I'm not putting it at eight, but I'm putting it at eight. <laughs> Guardians 3. Okay, yeah. The Guardians of the Galaxy have no place in my world. Kiss your mom with that face. Oh, no. Sound corners of the universe consider him God. It's a face-off. Well, I guess we'll die trying. I decided I try and ain't our thing no more. Ha! Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, with PG-13. Get tickets now. I thought Guardians 3 was super good. I wasn't <clears throat> prepared to be emotional, which I don't know if it feels like a trick. <laughs> it feels like they was just like, hey. We're going to put the cutest fucking animals on the screen. We're going to give them great backstories. And we're just going to kill them all. It's like, no, <laughs> yeah. please, God, no, stop. So that movie, uh, Bright, 
colorful. They're able to continue with the found family things that they've been doing and all the other guardians. Um, even the whole, like, uh, you, in, in my mind, I thought they were going to do the thing where they have uh, Peter Quill and Gamora finally, like, reconcile in this movie, but they didn't. They're like, yeah. no, like, that's that's not going to happen. In fact, he's going to go live with his fucking grandpa back on Earth. And I was like, oh, movie, you're just, we're, you're doing a movie thing. Like, we're not getting pleased here. And I was like, I, I like this. This is from a filmmaker. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah. So, like, I um I thought it was good. I thought it was better than it had the right to be. Once again, they didn't even they didn't because, even do like I'll be waiting for you, Peter. You need to go no. do this, and I'll be here when you get. And now she's like, <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, I'll help out because like Guardians films have been good, right? And this is the mm-hmm. third one, and Marvel has been kind of. Mm-hmm. I know people dog that second one, but I rewatched it going into this. I'm like, this the is second good one is shit solid here, man. man. This is like really good. Like the Kurt Russell stuff. Like it's because it hangs out too much and does drama stuff, and people are like, when. No, but that's what I want. Like, I don't care about the the CGI fights or or, or whatever. At the end, when they finally build up to Yondu with his fucking lineup, he might have been your father, but I was always your daddy. People are crying in the theater. You're like, yeah. From the movie with the raccoon? Okay. Uh And guess what the movie with the raccoon did again? And it's, oh, and it shows you so much. Like, Rocket the raccoon gets so much deep character Mm -hmm. study development about why he is the way that he is, how he feels like this, how come he doesn't want to be a piece of property, and how come he finally has a found family, but he wants to keep him in arm's length because the last family he had was all gruesomely murdered. Yeah. Totally understandable. And it does a great job showing it. It's super fun. And, yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I was kind of ready to be, because I think I had saw Ant-Man uh, before this. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I think I was slipping in a little bit of Marvel fatigue because Ant-Man was super okay. And I was like, ah... Yeah. I don't know. And everybody's like, but it's Guardians. I was like, I know, but the la- like when I get my hopes up for shit, ever since Game of Thrones, season eight, I'll never get my hopes up for a property. I'll just have to come and see it as it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get crushed. Yeah, I was happy, with- but it's James Gunn, and it's like, it's the thing. He gets the same tools to play with that everybody else does. He gets the same stuff, but um, also, here's one thing with the-, the decline of Marvel year they've talked about or whatever. Here's one thing I never see brought up. All they offered in theaters this year was three space movies. I know Quantumania isn't space. Oh, I think we're gonna have that. Visually, <laughs> but space. visually, what 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 does it look different from Guardians? What does it look different from Captain Marvel spending all the time out in space and planets and shit and aliens? Like that's and then the TV show that sucked dealt with aliens. Yeah. Um, so like. All they offered was space stuff this year. And Ant-Man, which is normally little heist, fun, grounded films, went and tried to be something it wasn't. And and it kicked off poorly. People, Guardians, that's something people like. They were going to go to Guardians, whether it was surrounded by Thor or this or that. Yep. And it was like sold as this is it for them. And people, and people had good reviews and stuff. But like the Marvels, it's, hey, look, we're going to space again this year. It's hard to make it look good. We've seen so much space that I think like one of the biggest problems with quantum manium is like, where the fuck are they? Like, what are they in? What, yeah. what, where, where does this movie Mud, take muddy, place? Muddy, ugly visual world. <laughs> and it's like, it's hard because you're giving someone a blank canvas. Sure. And you're like, do with this blank canvas. You will. When, uh, to go back to a movie like the green Knight, it's like, we're mm-hmm. in the woods. There's visual yeah. effects, but guess what? We're in the woods. We're on sets. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not saying that every movie needs to be that. And I will say that, yeah, the plot and a lot of the story in um, uh, Secret Wars, excuse me, Secret Wars sucked or Secret Invasion? Secret, Secret Invasion. Invasion. Secret, Secret Invasion, Invasion sucked. But 
they're on sets, they're in places, they're in locations. It's got a, yeah. it's got a look. <clears throat> I can tell you what that movie looks like. It wants to look like a spy thriller. I can't tell you what Quantumanium looked like. Yeah, it looked like. Yeah, and I haven't seen Marvels yet, but at least Guardians, bright, colorful. We're in the weird. Oh, Marvels looks fine, and they have a planet that they should have really cashed in on. But the, uh, I'm guessing Ooh. fear of fear, you know, the, just complacency probably killed that, but. Uh, and Decosta's I, I I like from what I've seen in Candyman and this and her first like she's got potential. Get her out of fucking doing IPs, which her next film is not an IP film. Okay. But um Yeah. So Yeah. So there yeah, Guard Guardians, colorful. It's a nice fun. Yeah. They go to a goop planet and splash around in weird goop and go through walls and I'm I'm here for it. Yeah. I, I like it. I dig it. Um and it gets you at the end when Peter shows up at home and it's like grandpa. I was like, Oh yeah. That, yeah, they pulled out a it's a Marvel movie and one of the hardest hitting moments was guy going to go see his grandpa. Well it's like and, and James Gunn's like, What, you think I forgot grandpa, you know? <laughs> you know, like he, we can make He's him still there. alive. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh speaking of things that surprisingly tugged at some like strings, uh Godzilla minus one. That's my number eight. That whew. have you seen it? Sir, yes. Uh was that Woo Absolute <laughs> yeah. banger. Absolute yeah. banger. Uh, I thought the per- this is the most perfect thing to bring in with Godzilla since my favorite of the monsters he ever fought, Hedora, the smog monster, which I thought was great because they were both the product of human waste Ooh, coming okay. together to fight. Like I, I love that Hedora movie a lot. This one, bringing in the ideal of a kamikaze pilot with the Godzilla stuff and him, like, cause I'm like, that's something I've never seen a movie focused on, like the drama of a comic. You always see, like, well, yes. I gotta go. And then this guy chickening out and having Even to bigger. deal with that. I'm like, oh my God, this is brilliant. This is a brilliant thing. And like, this is not only, and I, it's hard to not be hypothetical about this fucking movie because, <laughs> yes, you could say it's the best Godzilla film ever made, even comparing it to the original. Um, this, hands down, the best characters to fill a Godzilla movie with and some of the most creative fucking action beats with like when he's in the water like this and then yeah. the, the train scene oh and imagery I, imagery and between like Shin Godzilla and and this one where they they making new ones and they're trying to like kind of ground him they never forget to kind of make it feel like a guy in a rubber suit and models at times when you're looking at it and it doesn't he's like a big slow out. boy but yeah <laughs> I I was floored with Godzilla minus one, uh, and I I was floored when I walked in to a packed screening of it opening weekend. I was like, it was a two in the afternoon show, and it was packed, and everybody leaving that film was buzzing. Like you don't get that a lot, but everybody's like turning people in the seats. Like that was fucking awesome. That was great. Like, what did yeah, that? yeah. Like, this movie's that good. Like so, that I good. don't get screeners <clears throat> ever, but I did get to see this uh, for free at a certain location that I can't mention. But okay. it was a screener <clears throat> that didn't work out for them, so they were like, "Hey, we're just gonna have friends and family come see." <clears throat> uh, got to see it, like late night showing. Brought the wife, like was able to get an extra ticket. We loved it. It's hard to watch a movie where you're cheering for Godzilla, but also be like, "Oh Jesus, Godzilla, don't do that!" And I wasn't ready for the Kamikaze pilot for when when he got back to mainland Japan. Mm-hmm. One to show that, <clears throat> yeah, it's fucked up. No, this is Tokyo. There was not a nuke here. Okay, it's fucked up. And then for people to be like, "Hey, bro, why are you still alive?" And like, because they're all like, yeah. "Oh yeah, like this should be a great thing." Like people are seeing him and being like, "Oh, you're still alive. That's kind of a fucking problem." And being, right, oh, you're the well. They look ready. at him as like they blame him 
for why they got bombed. Like, if his one plane would have flown out and crashed into one plane, yeah, we wouldn't have got bombed. Like, that's right, how they yeah, look at this guy. He took down one ship, and it was like, nah, doc. And <clears throat> you know it's that, yeah. Yeah, and I, the, the kid was one of my favorite characters because when they were just like, he's just like, I, I want to be a part of this. And they're like, bro, listen, you've never been to war, and you're fucking lucky. Like, And he's like, no, 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 like, I, I could do it. And they're like, nah, dog, just mm-hmm. sit on the sidelines. And yeah, he shows up at the end for this big thing, but it's against Godzilla, and it's not quite a war. Yeah. Also, you know, Godzilla will return. Like it's yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, and oh, that that was oh, oh, it was so good. And then we get rewarded with a new Godzilla movie in a couple months again. So yep. And we <laughs> just rewatched King of the Monsters because oh, we're watching Monarch right now too, the Godzilla show. Oh yeah, good on show. Apple, which is weird in a lot of ways and not as good as I wanted it to be, but still really good. Like we're still yeah. watching it. We're still yeah. talking about it. But yeah, super fun. And yeah, we're we're in the Godzilla verse. We yeah. we each God- have shirts. Godzilla Godzilla verse is yeah in a good in a good spot right now and i don't feel overwhelmed by it because like just had a movie from toho then we got this monarch show that's been going on and then we got another movie here but i don't feel overwhelmed with it i don't know why yeah. but they're all kind of different godzilla well i know the godzilla kind- from monarch show is going to be the same as the movie but like the way he's depicted where he's just like ah fuck off leave me alone i'm asleep like, <laughs> yeah that's he's in the desert i've seen yeah. godzilla in the desert right like it's yeah. it's some new stuff they're showing us and- right yeah, so it was fun. And he's got Kurt Russell. Like, hey, cool. Right, and uh, young Kurt Russell. <clears throat> yes. Son, Jay That's Bro, the most brilliant name. stuff. <laughs> like, who did they want to cast first and then decided that? Or did they approach them both? I just, I have to wonder. Like, Right, and they, but they keep doing the joke of Kurt Russell being like, shouldn't you be like 90? He's like, ah, no. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> all right, so where are you at now? Um. All right, so that was number eight. We're at number seven. Number seven. One second. I'm flipping to the back of my list. Seven. Uh, Oh, got you. The Killers of the Flower Moon. Thousand dollars for any information about these murders. We need to find the truth about these killings. I know what I gotta do. Your uncle. You scared of him? Show you who did. Oh my god. Killers of the Flower Moon. Rated R. Only in theaters October 20th. Get tickets now. Boom. That All movie right. was great, and I'll only watch it the one time. <laughs> god almighty. Like a slow trudge. And it was like I I think I said halfway through the movie. I've never wished a movie was a Quentin Tarantino movie so bad. Like <laughs> I I need the revenge. I need to shoot out at the corral. I need mm-hmm. all these fuckers to get their come up and, and like, never going to do it. Like, this is based <laughs> off of a true story. It's not how it happened. It's just right. like, hey. And, mm-hmm. like, I was like, okay, well, maybe I think what was the main character, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, was in Ernest. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I, well, maybe he's not that. Maybe he's doing something. Maybe he's working a different. I keep, like, trying to hold out for maybe. No, he's an idiot the whole time. No, he's just guns. <clears> like, <throat> come on, man. You got to do one thing right. And it's like, okay, well, maybe someone in the town. No. Whole yeah, when they're when they're giving her the uh, the, the medicine, like, he's gonna stop it at some point, right? Right. He's gonna he's gonna intervene, or they're gonna start fake. No, no, and it's like where where is your heart? What is wrong with you? And then also to show that like, well, these people are just oh, like, yeah. They mentioned Tulsa, the uh, the bombing <clears throat> of Tulsa multiple times, yeah. to draw this connection of like when a minority group in America finally earns enough money to start mm-hmm. making a change, then then a thing will happen. And it's like, oh, well, that's that's wild. I mean, it's it's there. It's all on the paper. It's like, you know, and 
you don't hear people like uh, kind of getting because there's a lot of discourse on the internet about a lot of stuff. But like people aren't even talking about the movie for that. They're just like, wow, this shit's crazy. It's wild. And it's like it's got these layers in it, and I loved it. But it was a hard watch. It's a good watch, but it mm-hmm. was sad, sad movie. And just being like, can somebody, any, she lost her whole family. It's like someone do something. What's the worth of all this money if y'all can't even stay alive? <sighs> yeah, good movie. <laughs> yeah, good movie. Uh, yeah, I, I, t- you know, it was funny. Like, my son, like, he wanted to watch a Martin Scorsese movie so bad. He's eleven. He'll be twelve here in a month. But, <clears throat> and I was like, ah, I could take him that one. I looked, you know, and I was like, well, it's three and a half hours. He's like, well, it's only thirty minutes longer than Oppenheimer. I'm like, that's how you <laughs> approach this. All right, all right. He liked it. And then, it's funny. We watched Hugo today. Because okay, I'm like, because yeah. my my daughter want to watch him. I'm like, well, you know what? You want to watch a Scorsese movie? Then fine. And and he and he comes up. He's like, yeah, I think I like Killers of the Flower Moon better than Hugo. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> what uh? So what age are you waiting to show him like Raging Bull and Casino and? Wait a little bit. Like he want <laughs> he, he wants to see Raging Bull really bad. Um, yeah. But you know, I I think I show him like. I don't know, Shutter Island or some softer ones, but yeah, a little yeah, bit because yeah. I'll I'll think of them and then I'll go to like the parental stuff on them. I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't realize it had this. Like, all right, I forgot it had this. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, he liked it. I just love like man, just filming these out open, real railroad, real di- like I mean, and that's it sounds like such simpleton shit, but when people know how to shoot stuff correctly and play it yes. out like this grand old tale and grand old tale like it's happy but no it's not and uh lily gladstone is like excellent here i like her tone i like she does so much with her eyes yeah a lot of much with her eyes yeah it's the emotion man she's not saying like she has she doesn't say a lot but she does a ton you know what i mean that's the Mm -hmm. whole thing she's like i like to let people talk and they'll tell me what they're about so a lot of her like emotions and the way she emotes is like all in her face and it's it's so sad. I'm like, it, like it. I, someone do something for her. Anybody, somebody yeah. do something. Well, and when she just decides to stop talking to him at the very end, it's like that's the best move here. I know it's so good about her too. Like it's ridiculous. Like and where I fell for it was like she is so good at the beginning of with her her personality and charisma. She cacks off that I felt like oh yeah he really is into this girl like oh he's gonna save this like because I'm like oh I get it. okay okay she's got I, I like that personality you know like and no and like these guys are going having families with these women and it's not giving a shit like what how at all I well, I guess you money. have to be a cold hearted really cold hearted asshole that, and De Niro he's fucking oh he does he's, super oh, good oh god he's super and good. I'm a huge fan of all the bad murders like to the <sighs> point where it's like I'm not a detective but God <laughs> yeah. Almighty, mm. how are y'all bungling this so hard and not getting caught? Right. Well, and get away with anything when I was trying to catch you. <laughs> and one thing I like that Scorsese kind of brings back here is like, I miss the interesting face in films. Everybody's too fucking pretty. Too. Oh, pre- yeah. I granted, I love the seventies films and stuff, but even the eighties happened. Like, um, one of my favorite actors of all times, character actor Joe Spinell. He had never been put in a movie nowadays. Um, <clears throat> but. This movie had like the guy with the eye that had like everything because you remember those people because they're so interesting. I'm not calling them ugly. They just have interesting features that really stick out when you're shooting a movie. And now everybody's like even the ugly people are too. Yeah. Are pretty. And I mean, it also it fits the vibe. Like these yeah. guys, like the dudes, uh, the dudes with the gang down by the river. Yeah. <laughs> who are making hoots. They look like they making hoots like that's 
Yeah, really, you've done a good job. They got the one <laughs> handsome guy who's like, I'm the leader of the gang because I've got the square jaw. Right. And then they got this spindly looking crazy dude who's like, I'll be friends with a guy and shoot him in the head after two weeks. And it's like, yo. Yeah. What the hell? Like, you know, I remember that dude's face. Like, that's wild. I see him in something <clears> else. I'm like, that's the guy. And it's uh, good movie. Sad good movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> Sad. Uh, number seven for me is Asteroid City. Ooh. Uh, I am a gigantic Wes Anderson fan, and it was crazy because um, my uh, last last time he made a movie was French Dispatch, and that didn't make my top ten. It's kind of disappointing that year, but uh, this is his best one for me since Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. Uh, this one's got some deep. He's still he's going deep, Layers. deeply emotional here uh, with stuff. There, there's a <clears throat> there's a scene with Margot Robbie in this movie that is just. I flat out excellent. One of the best scenes of the year. Is um, it the one uh, where she's talking about her relationship? It's, and she's it's, in, yeah, it's the balcony to balcony scene in black and white. Yeah, uh, that they do, and it is phenomenal. Um, I got my son into Wes Anderson this year. Um, nice. He uh, he'd seen a couple. I'd shown them like uh, they'd seen Fantastic Mr. Fox and uh, Moonrise, Moonrise Kingdom. Um, they'd seen those two before, but I started getting opening them up to those, and he that's one of his favorites to see. And he um, took him; he wanted to go see this in the theater, so we went. And uh, yeah, it did not disappoint. Uh, it's everybody thinks that Wes Anderson is this one trick pony. He is far from it. Yes, he's got yeah. a visual style and voice. Cool. That's what a director would like to have. That you know <laughs> when you go into things, and people people tend to hate. You know, they call it pretentious or they call it van- like it's not. It is st- it's that's the way he likes it. It's the way he likes it. It's not. And it looks way. great. Uh, so mm-hmm. we saw this one uh, and I, uh, I I shoot a lot of film photography. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was really into it. I was like, oh, I'm loving the camera that uh, Augie's using and all that. But then, like, the whole I was starting to pick <clears> up on it when he's just like, oh, they're like, oh, how did it turn out? He's like, it always turns out. And like, they're like, oh, that's like Wes Anderson, like calling a shot where it's like, I don't know what the movie's about. The movie doesn't know what the movie's about, but it's going to turn out like it's about yeah. a story. And it's like, yes, yeah, you got the family, you got the layers, and then you got the, but like, even Augie's like, I don't know why uh, Augie puts his hand on the uh, the the automatic heater thing. I don't know. It's a stove, but they don't call it. Yeah. It's old times. And you're like, uh, it's like, I don't know why. And he's like, yeah, but he did. And you just did. And you do. And you just keep moving forward. And I was like, okay. I like this, especially from like the, he, Wes Anderson was like, I want to create a movie, I think. And he was like, I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's about creating movies. Maybe it's about telling stories. Maybe it's yeah. about why we tell stories. I don't know, but I want to do it. And then it looked awesome, executed perfectly. And one of my best favorite moments this year is my wife didn't know that road runners were a real thing because once again she's from Czech, so yeah, she thought she was like, "What is that little bird?" Uh, I was like, "That's a road runner." She's like, "Like the coyote?" And I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "Those are real." I was like, "Where'd you think it came from?" <laughs> right? I was like, "Yeah, you lived in Texas. You never saw any. <laughs> They're just little tiny birds." She's like, "Oh shit." <laughs> So, oh gosh, yeah, it was and a great I, movie. I, I love, love Tom Hanks comes in here, and it feels like he's been in seven Wes Anderson movies already. Like he was like easily fit in. Same with Scarlett Johansson was great in here too. Yeah, she did. Um, but like, yeah, just I I love his framing. I love the way his camera moves. Um, just I'm I guess I'm an easy lay when it comes to Wes Anderson, but I think this is one of his top films that he's made. Um, just really good all around. So yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Asteroid City. Um, so I guess we'll move on to number six. Number six. Am I even doing my numbers right? I feel like I've run <laughs> out of movies already, which definitely <laughs> isn't the case. Oh, no. Hold on. I, I mentioned that one already. 
All right. So for six, I'm going to go for I'm starting to get worried. We're going to pick all the same movies Uh, for six. (laughs) For six, I'm going to go for the color purple. Okay, that did not make it. Just saw it. Um, Mm -hmm. So maybe it's recency bias, but I went to go see with my family and like Mm -hmm. it was a the theater had a handful of people in it, like more than I thought was going to be there. I liked it a lot. Um, I liked it because it's an update that I think is a good update. Uh, the music is some good levity for what the color purple is about. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Music. Yay! That's yeah. good. Um, and it got to... I haven't seen the OG color purple in a, in a while. Uh-huh. And uh, I luckily I got to see them in proximity because I had to review yeah. the 4K for it and then that movie came out a couple weeks later. So, Oh, yeah. See, shooting film. You can always up-res later. Uh, but... <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, I thought the my, my wife had, she'd read the book, I think, like a long time ago, but she'd never seen the movie. And she was like, oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, this is this is the color purple. Don't worry. I th- it's going to get better. It's going to liven up. And as the movie went on, it stayed really good. The young actress that played uh, young um, Seeley, uh, mm-hmm. I, I was like, damn, is that Fantasia as a kid? How did y'all do that? Like, they look super similar. It did a good job. The music was good. It It just came through as being like, I don't know. It, it, an update. My friend who doesn't watch movies often, he's always he's got this mindset where old movies suck. And I'm like, okay, you're wrong. He's just like, he, it's hard to get him to approach. It's like I can okay. get him to watch an old movie. The last old movie we watched was The Long Kiss Goodnight. And he was like, that was super fun. I was like, I know. You just have to trust me. There's shit, mm. there's gold here. And I feel like getting people to the table sometimes for in a movie that's yeah important like The Color Pulper is going to be hard, especially with. But like, hey, here's music. Here's some actresses and actors you know maybe come and check it out like uh, i think that's a, a bit of distance that's good enough and spielberg is also doing other producing so it's <laughs> like it's not gonna be a shabbily made movie it's done well Mm-mm. super good and they hit a bit of juxtaposition in it that i don't that i hadn't recalled from the first one because like i said i hadn't seen it enough for a while but with mr wanting to do the old patriarchy and then mm-hmm. when they finally when um uh not Seely, uh Ah, Danielle's character, I forget um, her name. She was uh, Oprah in the old one. Hold on. Oh, 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 oh. um. Color purple. Movie, new one. Give me the cast. God, what did people do before the internet? They just actually take notes. They sat and went, um, 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 and they still do in some of these. Sophia? Sophia, all right, yeah, yeah. She played... She played Sophia um, when Sophia is approached by the wife of the mayor and she's like, hey, I want you to be my maid. She's like, no, I'm not going to be your maid. And then like we already know Sophia's not about getting hit. And she's like, lady, the lady pushed her on it. And Sophia was like, go to hell. Right. Sophia would have told that to anybody back in the the old the neighborhood that they were in. And then mm-hmm. this man comes over and hits her. And Sophia finally takes an L. Right. Like she's losing. Right. Like she was right. able to stand up to patriarchy at home. But then when she has to stand up to white supremacy out here, it doesn't work out. And Mister, unfortunately, isn't there to see it, but it's like, hey, that's what that's what you're doing. Like the, the patriarchy and the white supremacy go hand in hand. Here's the movie saying yeah. it, and then it even did the same thing with uh, colonialism while being like, while uh, Nettie was off in Africa, you're like, oh, Nettie's in Africa, she's gonna be having a great mm-hmm. time. She's like, no, the British came, they burned a bunch of shit, my passports are gone. Right. Fucked over here too for very similar reasons, <clears throat> and it's like, oh, look at that movie's able to kind of draw those things all in, and I hope that those things. I hope that that gets through. You know, I hope that that becomes a part of it. I mean, there's going to be a billion video essays about all the movies that came out last year, and I don't think that The Color Purple is going to get one, but maybe someone will talk about it on TikTok. Maybe people will talk about it, because I think... Well, there's always I know the people comparison to the original, so people yeah. will... Yeah, they might do that. But no, it's, it's really good. Um, 
I, I don't know which I like better of the two. That's a good thing for yeah. this new one because I like that they both exist. And I'll say this, like, with the when this one started, I was like, okay, this is fine. This is fine. And then when they hit the juke joint the first time, that movie really opened the fuck up. And then I was like, oh, now yeah. we're talking. And it really that took is, off and flew high. It started because at first, the, the only the only stumbling block for my, me, in my opinion, on this movie is mm-hmm. the uh, the juxtaposition between hardcore abuse and musicals. Right. Hard. But by the time we get all the way to the juke joint, you're kind of in a flow. And you're like, okay, yeah. I think I get what we're doing now. And also, Celia's starting to get into her own. And she's starting yeah. to like, get these other influences around her and like build off these blocks from these other women that are in her life. And it's like, all right, cool. Yeah, because at the start, I'm like, okay, this is the same thing, just brighter and happier looking now. And then... Boom! Now I'm like, all right, there we go. Yeah, there we go. I yeah, and some laugh That's... out loud, actual funny moments, like in the theater, because you know it's a theater. It was a bunch of black folks in there, so people got some shit mm-hmm. to say, and it was like hell yeah. <laughs> and then there's a big like laughing moments, like, and I was like, yeah, all right, this is. I don't know. It's a like I said, I'm gonna need to simmer on it. I just saw this like last week. It's either gonna be yeah. one of those like it was a hell of a theater experience, but I'm gonna watch it again when it hits streaming. Yeah. And being like, all right, let's see, let's see what we got. Gotcha. Awesome. So at the halfway point, my number six is Killers of the Flower Moon, which hey! we just talked about. So, <laughs> boom, check it out. Uh, so we can move on to your number five. Ooh, all right. My number five was going to be Asteroid City, which oh, boom. We just all right. About. You're not here. Where are you? Asteroid City. What do those pulses indicate? The beeps and blips. We don't know. I reckon that alien don't mean no harm at all. Detain all possible witnesses and place them under group arrest. What happens next? Usually it's a war. What actually happened? How long can they keep us in Asteroid City? Gas up the Cadillac. What kind of mileage do you think that jetpack gets? We're about to find out. Asteroid City, rated PG-13. In select theaters June 16th. In theaters everywhere June 23rd. Asteroid City was great. Go see it. There we go. All right. Uh, My number five is Anatomy of a Fall. This is the one I mentioned earlier, climbed the fuck up because it wouldn't leave my head. Um, So this one comes from France, but it's, have you seen it? I have not, but it was uh, Cinefix makes a top list every year. And I think this was either one of their honorable mentions or one of their like leading up to saying a different movie, but heard about it, have not seen it. All right. So yeah, this one, it's like, but it's like half French, half English because it's about, it's about a woman who they live out in the boonies in France and her husband is found dead by their son when he's walking the dog and he's mostly blind. So he's the only witness and they're only one home and it looks like he fell from a window and she's the only suspect in this. Well, they can't, they can't rule it as a suicide or an accident cleanly. So, she has to be run through like a suspect and goes through this court case and it's tremendous watching how the system operates. It takes its time and it's wonderfully performed. It doesn't spoon feed you. It lets you just be kind of present. And the thing that stuck with me the most and I couldn't stop thinking about it and I tell everybody about it and people have seen the movie are like oh yeah I didn't fucking realize that um my angle on this is she speaks English most of the movie she's German so she's German he's French 
they agree to live in France. She doesn't speak French very well, <clears throat> so but she speaks English, and people can understand the English more than the German. So she speaks English, and a lot of her scenes are in English. Uh, Sandra Huller, um, and you go through these court scenes and everything, and the defense and every, I mean the prosecution stuff's all speaking French at her and stuff <laughs> like that, and going. And she speaks French too, best she can. But sometimes, like I have to speak English now, and they get a translator and all this stuff. And he's, you know, he's working the case role. It's courtroom drama, right? And I wondered, I'm like, did I do I side with her or think she's mostly innocent in this because she's speaking English and I understand Ooh. English clear, and I'm not reading subtitles during it. Plus, you can see her face. You can see the emotes. And all I see from the guy, the prosecutor, is like him charging in French and I'm reading subtitles and just seeing his face, not knowing what he's saying when he's just doing his damn job. So I'm like, if I were French and watching this, would I suspect her more? Cause I, 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 it's, it's a movie that it's, it's an, it's a, it's a pretty ambiguous movie uh, with things, but I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm wondering, I won't say what the verdict is about it or anything else, but like, I'm wondering if I have bias because of the English speaking and, and wonder if that's the intent of the filmmaker. Cause I understand there's the difficulty of defending yourself in another, with another language, but for the audience, do I think she's innocent because I speak her language and I don't have to read subtitles and I'm comfortable watching her. The other, I'm just, and I'm not a, I hate subtitles person. I watch yeah. a lot of fucking international films, but like I'm, I just wonder if I'm subconsciously doing that. And that's my question with that film. Nice. I kind of like that. We've, we're diving big into a, we have a segment on the YouTube channel called Subs versus Dubs, where we talk mm-hmm. about which voice actor did better, in our opinion. And uh, <coughs> it keeps getting to be like, at this point, we're so far down the rabbit hole. I'm like, I think if I understood Japanese more, I might like the Japanese voice actor more. But like, to me, it all sounds like Japanese and it all sounds like this and that. And like, I just kind of lean English know- more. Do you know if they're giving a bad performance though, too? Like right. some of these things. Like I never, I never can tell. I can't. You know, like the stuff. So it's kind of weird. Yeah, um, and I think that same thing's probably playing in for you. Like if if you knew French, you might be picking up on some subtleties. You might be picking up on some things. Yeah. You're like, oh no, that dude's being an asshole intentionally because you know yeah. you use that verb instead of the other verb you use when you're not being an asshole. Right. Exactly. So yeah, it, it's a that's a it's a terrific movie, and it is just it's stuck in my head. All right. Uh, so, number four. Uh, this movie is uh, the fourth installment in a franchise, and it is the most of that movie that this movie series could be. And it's John Wick Four. John Wick Four is the most John Wickiest movie ever made. <clears throat> it's my favorite John Wick. I understand that the first one is indeed the best one, and I don't really need to come here to argue that. But this one, four. It's, no, you're no. It's so like it's it. This is it. This is what the whole everything was building up to be is being the most John Wickiest a movie can be. There's this whole thing about like what makes a diehard a diehard, and it's like it's one dude in a singular location versus multiple people at expended odds. This is finally all the John Wick stuff we need. We got the car fights, we got the dogs, we got the cool ass samurai, we got all the fun new characters who are just it's it's it man all right and he's doing cool it man stuff he winds up a punch mm-hmm. he does all the fast things like it's all of that it's a blind guy with the cane fucking clancy brown is in it it's mr krabs it's got everything all right it's got all the stuff and we <laughs> love it and it's when he falls down all those damn stairs in the th- like oh I watched yeah it in the theater and it was 
once again, another theater ride. We saw it in IMAX. Oh, yeah. Like, yes! Let, everyone knows what we're here for. And I've never seen a franchise where the main character dies, and I hope he stays dead. He's had, yeah. he's had enough. Let let the man sleep, all right? Like, he, there's through the ringer. Yeah. Let him chill. <clears throat> so, Chad Stileski has come back. Him and Keanu have come back because they've been inspired to come back. It hasn't been like, here's a check. Can you come back, please? Yeah. And if they have nothing left after this, nothing in the tank, don't make them. Yeah. This movie, which is my number three, so we're just <laughs> yeah, right, a spot yeah. away. This is Chad Selesky, and I left the theater. I think I probably tweeted or something about this. And I shit you not, should get some serious consideration for Best Director this year. I know they, this is not the that? type of movie. <clears throat> this is not the type of movie they do, but this is some innovative stuff. Some wow after wow after wow after wow with this movie. I and it's super long, and I don't give a fuck. I never like you're like, oh, really? Oh, okay. I, I'm just I'm blown away by the stuff he is inspired by and is paying homage to and doing it amazingly. It's yes. not embarrassing, it's not about like the Warriors. Uh, there's the uh few dollars more good good bad yeah. ugly type stuff shit going on like it's insane uh the car thing all the internal circle. keanu reeves references to his past career. yes keanu reeves has been in two action franchises that have changed the face of action franchise he did the right. matrix everything was the matrix after it's done john wick everything's been john wick ever since and like i love that and also i played cyberpunk uh 2027 where keanu reeves mm-hmm. character is a character in it and he storms this um tower called Arasaka <clears throat> Tower and in this one mm-hmm. they're doing Osaka Tower and it's like there's a lot of samurais and they all have guns and shit it's the same in the game and they even do that over the head with the shotgun with the dragon's breath felt like uh Hotline Miami which is this yeah 80s based video game it doesn't have anything to do with Keanu Reeves but still it's like you're seeing these like these pieces these like homages it's like uh what Quentin Tarantino does with like his homages and his stories, but all like based in this action genre and these like high flying shooting shit, and it just right going. It just got better and better and better, and like even at the end, like I was uh, just it was fun. It was a great ride, oh, no. but it's the most. You know what I mean when I say it's the most John yeah. Wickiest movie. Po- like this is it. Like this it's is everything. They don't it get is... more John Wickier than this. That you got just it. In- Innovative, like innovating action yet again, where it started as a movie film that or a movie that was like, oh, you're changing action and you're doing it well, and we all love it. And thank fucking lord, because um, <clears throat> not everybody's Paul Greengrass. It's that was a problem for a long time, and it comes back and it does it in eighty billion different ways again, like that stairwell blowtorch shit, yeah. like all that, like oh my god. And I don't know, Keanu's smart too. Like he is, you know, it's Stileski's credit. I think Keanu gets credit too. Cause uh, in my rewatch, I included the one film Keanu's directed, which I am a huge fan of called Man of Tai Chi. Um, it's a little, it's just like a little fighting movie uh, that he plays a bad guy in. And he's got the line, you owe, you owe me a life. It was very good Keanu. He knows, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Uh, he's smart, um, and this shows it. And I think they should just hang it. Yeah, they should hang it up. Yeah, let's go. Let's see what the, I mean. I'm not sure. I'm up. I'm down for the director choice on the ballerina movie, but I'm willing to give him a chance. Uh, it's the underworld guy, uh, mm-hmm. Lynn Weisman. Uh, he's not 
awful, but I'm like, we couldn't have gotten someone more innovative here to hand this series off to, but we shall see. But this movie is an all-timer action classic. 100%. Like it is, and Lance uh, uh, Riddick, last little go. Oh, I, God, I, yep. We love Lance in The Wire, uh, mm. so <clears throat> this is, is one of my favorites in there. So. To credit John Wick, just as fun and interesting as the action is the chit chat between characters in these movies. Yes. They have they have a lingo like I love in the first one. He's in the hall. He killed um what's her name? The girl from Friday Night Lights and Oh uh, yeah, the girl who tries to kill him in the bedroom. Yes. And he's dragging her out and he runs into the guy in his boxers. The other guy's like He's like, catch and release. He's like, yeah, catch and release. He's like, oh, okay. I'm like, I love that. I yeah. just like, they're so confident in it. It's not like trying to say, you know, it's, it makes, and they all buy into it. The hotel stuff's cool. Like I, yeah. Yeah. I, you don't yeah, have to question just, shit. You're just on a ride, I, baby. And guess what? You're in it's there. one of the best. Like, ugh. That no stuff just exists. We don't need an explanation for it. You just right? get in the vibe. You tune in. And you get in the vibe, and that's just what fucking happens. It makes you suspend your disbelief in a way that not a lot of things is able to do. That's supposed to be grounded mostly. Like, it's not sci-fi or anything. You come to a John Wick, (coughs) you're not turning your brain off. You're just like, oh, no, like, John Wick has a bulletproof. He's got a bulletproof Mm -hmm. suit now, and now we've changed gunfighting where I'm hiding behind my jacket and still shooting at you. Which, if you would have said that to anybody 10 years ago, you'd be like, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. And you see it in practice, and you're like, oh, no, that's kind of crazy. And like, damn, all right, give me... Give me more of that. At the end of it, uh, we did a reaction on this one, and a lot of people were saying, like, oh, I hope he... I was like, no, 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 no. That John, John's done. If John has to come back, I'm yeah. sad for him. I'm sad for his life. It's a sad movie, <clears throat> all right? He's done. Yeah. He's good. Either he's dead or he's faking his death and he's hiding, but I am very this much is... okay with having a four-part John Wick series and never yeah. seeing any more. They're just like, ah, we've got nothing left. Call Holly Berry and do a spinoff. Yes, her, do all the her. spinoffs. Like, I don't care. <laughs> all the spinoffs you want. Like, like yeah. Yeah, um. Yeah, John Wick, Chapter 4. Um, <clears throat> my number four, since that was my number three and your number four, my no- my number four is Poor Things. I am finding being alive fascinating. Do you want to see what the world is really like? Yes. Better. What? Why I keep it in my mouth if it is revolting? We must experience everyday better, not just the good. But degradation, horror, this makes us whole. I must go punch that baby. Poor things, rated R. This is funny shit. Is that the one with the uh, the (coughs) robot girl? Uh, She's not a robot. Uh, It's a Frankenstein-esque story. Yeah. I'll let you find out what she is. Oh, uh, I uh, so I saw some. I got the uh, synopsis from Cinefix. Okay. They were like, uh, they put a they put a child's brain into an adult lady's. Body. It's her own child. It's her own. Okay. So she's and people so are they all. Find, <laughs> yeah, they find a a pregnant woman who's committed suicide, mm. and they're able to keep the brain of. The, so they put the brain of the child into the. Mark Ruffalo's uh, in this they, one, right? Mark Ruffalo's hilarious in this movie. This movie's funny as hell. It's a great riff on Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein story. It's the most beautifully designed movie of the I thought Oppenheimer had everything in the bag for stuff like this. Poor thing's gonna give it a run for its money because it has costumes, it's got set design, it's got cinematography. They use a lot of fisheye lens and stuff like that in here, but it's one there, there is a part. Where the movie almost made me go, okay, I'm getting kind of tired, but then it turned the corner right then. Like, mm. right as I was beginning to think, it 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 knew. 
it knew. It's yeah, it's absurd with with some things. Emma Stone's great. It's a it's a crazy hard to do performance, and she is keyed in. Defoe's William Defoe's wonderful here. Um, but a movie kind of hands it off. It like starts out kind of a ensemble, and then hands it off to Emma Stone to run away with it. A lot of funny sex stuff. Um, in it. And it's just, yeah, it's an interesting uh, coming of age, woman discovering herself, figuring out the world type movie. Um, but it's also, it doesn't take itself seriously and has a lot of good laughs. It has a lot of like interesting like touches on, you know, reflecting on the world and things like that and some uh, really good stuff. But I just, the production design on it is. Yeah, I saw a little bit of phenomenal. like the trailer and it looks weird as shit. And I kind of want Yeah. Yeah, if you've Weird seen any good. of Yorgos's other movies like Sacred Deer and things like that, it's I mean, it's the kind of movies he does. Um, but this this one is yeah, I had a, I just was marveling just with my eyes at it as I was you know laughing and stuff like that too. But yeah, Emma Stone's one of the best we have of her generation and just continues to put like it's crazy and awesome that she got an Oscar and continues to push herself like this oh, yeah. like. There's, I mean, there was the thing forever that was like, nobody give Leo an Oscar. I like him being hungry. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> let him keep, you know, as long as he's hungry. Uh, <clears throat> so maybe we could do that with like Bradley Cooper now or something like yep. that. But hold him off. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was my number four was Poor Things. All right. Did I say Asteroid City already? I did. Didn't I? Is that your number three or that was your number? I think, yeah, you did say it. I did Asteroid say it. Yep. All right, cool. Yep. I'm sorry. I'm going through my list all weird now. Uh, my number three. Three, three, three. I'm going to put the old Oppenheimer here at number three because I saw it in theaters um, two <coughs> times. IMAX each time. I wasn't prepared for the political message in the movie. I didn't actually know anything about Oppenheimer's life. Uh, it's got plenty of mm-hmm. shortcomings. Sure. But for it being a bunch of dudes talking a bunch and I fuck with Christopher Nolan. If Christopher Nolan's going to drop an IMAX, I'm going to go see it. I know that's very oh, yeah. movie bro cliche, but I'm here for it. When it stops being fun, I'll stop going. Here's a, here's a funny thing that I think uh, somebody pointed out about the movie bro. Th- I think it's might have been Patrick Willems that we were talking about. He pointed about the movie bro things like yeah, people complain about the movie bros, but do you notice they're always complaining about them talking about good movies? Right. I mean, look, Christopher Nolan. There's reasons the to not like the the movie bros, but like. They do have good taste, apparently, in some areas, in yeah. a lot of areas. But when uh, yeah. when Christopher Nolan drops an absolute stinker in the IMAX and it, and then everyone's still standing for it, like I'm probably one of the few people I know that actually like Tenet. I I was there. for Oh no, I'm big Tenet fan. Big yeah. Tenet. Here's the thing: people like Tenet. They got caught up in a moment where that movie got released and they were mad they couldn't see it in the theaters, so they're ah. already against it when they saw it. I luckily, and I always mention this: one of my favorite movie going memories was I didn't think I was going to get to see Tenet in a theater at all. I didn't want to go to the drive-in. I went for one movie and the audio, when people leave or something, the radio goes off. I'm like, I can't do that. And it was two weeks before it came out on 4K Blu-ray. And I got a call from somebody and said, hey, if I rent out the White River 70 millimeter IMAX, you're like, yes. <laughs> and, and you gave me $25 and I only invited 10 people, would you come? You get a popcorn and a drink. And so I'm like, uh, uh, is this for real? Like, yep. And I was like, okay. And I did it. And so I got to be in a theater. I got to be in my ideal setting God. to see that fucking movie. And I, 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 when the movie started, I had like almost a tear for him. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm in the theater of this 70 millimeter. I'm watching fucking Tenet. By myself, not- damn near. 
Well, yeah, damn. No, we each had a, it was like each person got a row and sat like. Oh this, my God. Yes. And, and we were masked and stuff and stuff. And it was, it was, I, I'm forever grateful. Uh, the person who called me up for that. And I, and like, so yeah, I was like, I'm never going to hate tenant. And the more I've watched it, I, I dig it. It's not that hard to fucking follow. Yeah. I know people have a problem, but. It's pretty easy to follow. It's a spy movie. It's cool. Right? He keeps doing those. So I, keep I hope he never gets to James Bond because I want more tennis. It just yeah. exists in my uh, vernacular. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oppenheimer uh, and then bringing back um, uh, Kodak. So I shoot film. Yes, I put two film photography <clears throat> movies on here. They brought back. Uh, so there is this film uh, made by Cinestill called Double X. It's a black and white uh-huh. film. And it's based off of the Kodak Double X film. They just make some changes to it. So it's the same. But. Kodak made that double X film in for IMAX for the first time ever. So it hadn't existed before. They made it in 70 yes. meter. And one of the things about shooting double X is like people describe it as like crunchy. And yes, mm-hmm. yes, it is. And like watching it blown up that big, I'm like, come on. Like it's unfortunately, it's like a movie made for me. Like I like shooting yeah. black and white film. Kodak re-released. That's why I like Euphoria a lot too. Like, yeah, Euphoria is a hard watch because it's depressing, but it's also all season two shot on film, 35 millimeter Kodak brought it back mm. around and it looks amazing. So yeah, Oppenheimer's just, it's a good movie. So do you it. have the, the home video release of Oppenheimer? I do not. So they have a featurette about how they went through the process of developing and making the black and white work for 70 millimeter oh, yes. on there. And so it's, I will say this, that home video release for Oppenheimer's perfect. Like it looks and sounds amazing. The featurettes are a feature length documentary on making the film. Okay. There's the one about making the film film, like that you're talking about, like shooting the black and white. There's a, a Q and a from somewhere with Christopher Nolan, the author of the book and physicists. <laughs> All right. And then there's a feature length documentary on Oppenheimer. I'm like, so they made awesome. four extra movies they didn't have to make for the okay Lord. And it's like it's like that's everything you would want from that movie. I'm like, no, there's no deleted scenes or anything. There's trailers too, <clears throat> but like, there's that's like everything you want. Here's the mo- Here's the story of the movie. Here's the story of what it was about. Here's the director taking questions about shit with physicists, and then here's how they actually like what you're looking at. What you're looking at. So it is is awesome, and I. Oppenheimer's my number two, so. Um, oh shit, we're getting. I think because my number one's a movie you've already named. I only my number two right. hasn't been named. I think. Okay, well we may be <laughs> crunching this up here, uh, but Oppenheimer blown away just looking at that thing in seventy millimeter. This movie is going to be considered a masterpiece for years down the road. Like you just knew it when you saw it. Yeah. Like he nailed this fucking thing. It's very much his Tarkovsky movie, um, and he also you know he's got a lot of Kubrick, but like. That wasn't, it was more, this is more Tarkovsky and stuff. And just the, for a movie that's a history-based film, to have the turn it does where you're like, ooh, yeah. like, because he plays this movie, he's like, let's just do this like a thriller or something. Like, you know, he plays the movie in such an interesting way. The three hours fly fucking by. Almost courtroom drama kind of stuff <clears throat> where it's really almost court, yeah. people interrogating each other. And yeah. the, the scene where um, Florence Pugh is having imaginary sex with Oppenheimer, uh, while the wife is oh, there, it's like that I, is amazing. I was like, oh my <clears throat> god, I hate this, but it's so like I was like, oh, that's visceral. It's effective, right? It is, it's a- and it's like mm-hmm. once again, we're not talking. In, there's no tricks here. There's just there's no. no he it's had all idea, in camera showing it, and it's just yeah. This is visually what she's seeing right now. It doesn't mm-hmm. that fuck you up, like yeah, yes, it does. 
Yes, it does. It's all in camera. She can't see his face. It's just the back of his head with hers. Oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah, Emily Blunt for a long time. I was like, Ooh. give her the best supporting <laughs> actress. Not and that Downey Jr. feels like he's already he's like should be holding that trophy already. Uh, Alden Ehrenreich coming in and being like, "Fuck y'all haters." See, I am the guy that they all told you I was a good. I don't think he was a bad solo. I think he got like a bad rap from I don't, just who was Alden Ehrenreich in the movie. Even there's so many people in his damn movie. <clears throat> he was the guy with Robert Downey Jr. most of the time, and then at the oh end, my like, god, Han yeah. Solo, yeah, it is. Ronnie yeah, Nally, this movie, Josh Peck, and they. Josh Hartnett so like this, is bringing out everybody, bro. Yeah, Hartnett was great. Like this movie is just a revolving door of people you've seen before coming in, doing some of their career best work and leaving. Like it's um, like I said, this movie's the answer to what director does everyone in Hollywood want to work with right now? Oh yeah, right, right he's here. Get the performance out of you. He's gonna make it the biggest thing anyone's seen all summer. Mm-hmm. There you go. And you're like, there's a scene Rami Malek earlier on where it's like, oh, there's Rami. That's it. And then he comes in. And it's like, oh, that's why they right. got him for this. For the gut punch uh, at the end, he puts on his little glasses and just goes, uh, "Got this letter here that says, no, yeah. sir, you're wrong." And ah, <laughs> I loved Benny Softy in this, and I like this little character actor career he's building for him. He was in another movie earlier in the year. Uh, the Are you there, Margaret? Are Are there, God? It's me, Margaret. Where he played lovable dad, and then like you know he was in Licorice Pizza as the you know closet politician, like and. He directs cool movies too. He's gonna save the fucking Rock with his next movie, because it looks like the Rock actually wants to challenge himself again with film um, by working with him. That's at least a sign. This but is what we I, were, mean, I was he, talking about this on the podcast. So I heard <clears> about that. So, so yeah, this movie just it's it is it was the theatrical going experience of the year. If you had a seventy, if you had a fake IMAX or you were in seventy millimeter, this is what movies can be look like uh nolan is great like the guy for me i'm up his butt like he he rarely disappoints me yeah and even uh even a lesser nolan film is more fascinating than someone else's best film like i mean at I, this point it's about to be oh christopher nolan's worst movie is probably those <laughs> batman films that absolutely slapped like dark yeah. rises might be his worst thing right now oh no his uh, insomnia is my pick for his worst Wait, film. All right, the, I don't think we've seen Insomnia, and that's because the the Swedish one's way better uh, with Stellan Skarsgård. Uh, the one Insomnia with uh, Robin Williams and uh, uh, Al Pacino came after Memento. Oh, right no. before Batman. So I went like I didn't catch uh, following, but I saw Memento because I went to film school, and you you have to. <laughs> Nobody saw following till Criterion put it, and out, then uh, VHS tape. Skip that, <laughs> and then I did. Um, not a uh, Batman, but the uh, I was gonna say the Illusionist. It's not the Illusionist. Prestige. The Prestige. There was that movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they came out the same year. But yeah, it came the out the same year. Yeah. So <clears throat> anyway, it's it's a banger, man. I, I I don't know. It's not even a hot take anymore. Come on, it's just it's a it's a very lukewarm take. It was a damn good movie. I liked it. I saw it twice. There was explosions in it that scared me so hard. I grabbed my friend sitting next to me. I was like, oh my god, ah. And it wasn't like the explosion. Like that's not even the big part of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of. It's like a crescending moment to be like, yes, we did that. Now, can we get back to the this part is how where you people do... hate you for your politics? <laughs> yeah. This is how you do a biopic, too. You pick the event and tell the history of the event, not just, oh, here's A to B of someone's life. Like, yeah. I always hate that. Like, I I like it when they're like, like, uh, what was the um, the Martin Luther King one by Avatar? Selma. Uh, Selma. 
they picked a point in Martin Luther King's life, King Jr.'s life, and was able to tell you shitloads about him just through yeah. that event. Because the A to like, B thing, it's kind of like it's like old schooler, you the know. Wikipedia That's, check check the box, like a book, yeah. like like it don't need to be a book <clears> report. Take a moment, take a moment, and like let's mm-hmm. absolutely revolve around that three hundred sixty five times, you know, and just like kind of break yeah. it all down to be like okay, and to ask the question of like, well, why? Yeah. Oppenheimer, why? Yeah. When did you decide that this was a bad idea? And it's like, ah, I, I love it. And also, the people who really wanted to see a bunch of Japanese people die in an explosion, fuck off! Like yeah. this is not yeah. the. There was no point in that. And like, if you couldn't tell, the movie's told from Oppenheimer's perspective. He wasn't over there watching it. Yeah. And guess what? He probably never wanted to see that shit. He's probably shown a photo of it and threw up once, and was like, ah. And you do see him haunted by it and his thoughts of what it could be. And also, it's supposed to be a gut punch that it already is happening without his, you know, like that's. Yeah. And they ask him, like, why did you what did you think we're going to use it for? You know, I mean, um, one of my favorite parts of the whole entire movie is the flippantness of the president when he's like, oh, don't do Okinawa. Me and my wife like to had our honeymoon there. And it's like, yo. Bro, like you, just like, and uh, who knows if that's like some really in the room shit. If that was really sad, oh, but, James like, Remar, like, yeah, he he, the, he's so that wasn't in the script, wasn't in the script, and Remar's like, I had heard about this, and I'm like, can I? And he did that, yeah. And guess what? Like, that's the kind of flippiness that we're talking about, unleashing fucking nukes, two of them, and it's like, yeah, yeah, this is this is awful. It's supposed to be awful, and like, <clears throat> is Oppenheimer a hero? I don't know. Is he a conflicted man who kind of did what he thought he had to do and like was like, well, well. Mm-hmm. And even once he got to the point where it's like, I right, look, the Germans, they're not doing it. No one's doing it. We're cool. They're like, well, we got to use it now to make sure. Well, and there's not a, to use it. It's like, ah, oh, Jesus. The duality this movie surprises you with being like, oh, this is a fucking tale of this. And then, uh, you know, the resolution being the uh, Mad Men meme of, I don't think about you at all. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, know. like. <laughs> That that stuff, um, and I always like I someone made a <laughs> clip of when Gary Oldman comes in as Truman, and it's like Truman to Oppenheimer, and it's uh, <laughs> Baby Billy from uh, the yeah uh, uh, the uh, gemstones. He's like, get out of here, nerd! Don't <laughs> like oh, don't let that crybaby in here again. Yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah, my like, god, oh, ner- like oh Jesus. Um, but yeah, oh no, this movie, yeah. Also, We're going to be talking about it yeah. for a while. Once again, yeah. didn't know that that was Gary Oldman as Truman, but obviously I'm going to wake up one day and I'm going to be Gary Oldman this whole time. Yeah. I hadn't even known. Movie's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, that was my three. That was my two and my three was John Wick. So we'll go with, so is your three. So we're, we're number two. All right. Yeah. Number two for me, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Let's go! The world will know their names. Leo, Donnie, Mikey, Wrath. What's our last name? Do we not have last names? Oh, who are we? On August 2nd, are you ready for mayhem? (laughs) No. Okay. Ninja Turtles. I like your vibe. I like your vibe. I like your vibe. Only in theaters, August 2nd. This film is not your rated. Oh, there you go. All right. It's one of my favorite movies growing up. When my mom used to get her hair done, we used to watch the VHSs. They just get put them on. They set me down in front of them. Uh, watched a bunch of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff. I had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys for every freaking Christmas. I had the Pizza Hummer. I had it all. All right. And then this one, after mm-hmm. Spider-Verse did what it did, and this one came out, they felt like actual teens, ice cubes in the movie. 
Paul Rudd's a fucking gecko, Mondo gecko, like, <laughs> all of it. I was like, oh, I love this movie. It felt like mm-hmm. a movie made for me. But once again, like, I, I guess I'm getting old because there's been two times in the movies this year where I'm like, I wish I had kids so they could watch this shit. Like, <laughs> I'm going to show this to my kids when I get them. I mean, like, hey, watch this Turtles movie and then watch all the other ones with me. We're doing the Turtles now. Like, I just, I loved it. I thought it was super fun, man. It was just, it was yeah, the brilliant thing about The brilliant thing about the Turtles is they, I will never consider them an IP grab. They've never gone away and they've always reinvented themselves with the intention of attracting children. And they don't think, they don't get, even the Michael Bay ones, I don't care. They, those were not after adults. They were after a new audience. They have always reinvented that aimed at young people and if old people like it too cool that's a benefit and yeah. this one ice cube was amazing in this movie hilarious um too. everybody showed up to voice act and not just be a celebrity talking in an animated movie and i watched like a lot of the, they actually recorded a lot of this together in a studio rather okay. than just coming in and record. Like, they, got the, <clears throat> they kids they they were together every time they acted this out movie out together and uh, like Rogan and them were like, okay, this is what's on the paper, but what would your age say or what would be better? And so they worked with that. I love the, like the animation. I, I don't like, I am always going to have my fondest for the original live action movie, which I think is still to this day, one of the best comic book movies ever made. <laughs> um, I was going to argue it, with you. It was, it was a wonderful adaptation of the first, uh, few arcs of that of ninja turtles but with the blend and style of the animated show a little yeah. bit yeah too so i loved it um but this is probably the best this is probably the best one even though my fondness is there and this is just yeah this i don't know how someone could go and like not just fucking love it and it's got such a thing about like finding out there's other people but just because your family or something doesn't mean you're you know they got different agendas, and it's got a, yeah the kaiju shit at the yep. end. It's got eighties rat Jackie Chan, so yeah, how could it miss <laughs> a f- of a fun different take? Yeah, Jackie Chan's amazing in this too. So fatherly, and warm, Just, I yeah. love it. Um, and it makes a sense. It, like it makes sense. Like why he's afraid of them going out. They give different ideas as to why, and uh, the April take is good. Yeah. I like what she's doing. Um, yeah, I and. So I, I like the the original cartoon. Sadly for me, I think the original arc in the cartoon is still good. But like, there was one day when I did DVD QC and we got Ninja Turtles the complete first season in. I was like, I'm doing those discs. Nice. And they fit a lot of episodes on a disc, and it got old real fast. Um. <laughs> the, I do remember trying to rewatch it as an adult because some of it was free online, and it never really hit for me. But the version of the Turtles cartoon that I did mess with a lot was the uh, one that was on Nickelodeon. Yes, that yep. one was that is one of the really best iterations. Like I, because I was a, uh, I probably was like mm-hmm. 23, 24 when I was on. What year was that? Yep. And yeah, I was yeah, like, no, it was twenty tens. It was out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like still watching it. I was like, I am taking. It was like Avatar: The Last Airbender was something I'd catch, and then this Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is I. It's good. It's really good. It's really good. It is staying mm-hmm. good, and like. I, have no I haven't finished it. I have it all, and I mean, I need to finish it. I've watched the first couple seasons, but I'm like, this is really... This, this is really, And that was going on at the same time the Michael Bay movies were coming out, which I wasn't a hater of those. I thought Out of the Shadows was everything people would want in the Ninja Turtles, except people didn't like their designs of the Turtles, but it had like 
Krang and yeah, Krang. Krang's so weird. Like you, I mean, Tyler Perry's Baxter Stockman was like awesome casting. (laughs) And my, I actually had a friend. Uh, I'll and put nameless, but the studio was actually calling them and being like telling them their ideas. And it was like one of them was like, "We're thinking about asking Tyler Perry to play Baxter Stockman." He's like, "Do it." (laughs) (laughs) So he kind of feels responsible for stuff. He's like, "What if we put Krang in a movie?" He's like, "Oh yeah." Like the studio was actively calling him, and he was just a film writer. (laughs) Like. Sure, yeah, right? <laughs> they were they were really trying to please people with Out of the Shadows. So I think that he wasn't the only one being. I haven't tapped. seen Out of the Shadows since it came out, but I <clears throat> it's yeah. This there's so much turtles that honestly it's gonna be it's already choose your own adventures. Pick what you want mm-hmm. out of the turtles. You're you're going to get that. Yep. Even this the one, new one's a great place to start. This one's good. Even the new new one that's on TV semi recently. That one I watched a little bit of that. Like I didn't watch a lot uh-huh. of it. But I was like, yeah, this is this is still good. Like it's yeah. It's because the Ninja Turtles get to, yeah, sure, they're all characterized, but they kind of get to be whatever every single time. You know, And they mean? always drastically change the visual style of them. It's and, never like, oh, that kind of looks like the old one. It's, yeah. yeah. It's a different animation style. It goes with the times and stuff like that. Yeah. Even, sure. they just, they're going to keep doing it. They <clears> had those <throat> radical looking ones towards the end of the 90s. I even watched that shit. Towards the end of the 90s, I'm still a kid. So it's like, hell yeah. yeah. We got this. That's the one I did not check that series out. So I, remember, I knew it was, it was on, right. but. But it was hard to jump in back then because it was just like, oh, wait, I want to start at the beginning, but I can't. No. Um, okay. All right. Oh, ah, yeah. Mutant Mayhem. Good stuff. Check it out. I think it's on Paramount Plus if you have that. Um, all right. So my number two is Oppenheimer. So we'll go to your number one. Shin Godzilla. What? My bad. Not Shin Godzilla. Oh? Godzilla minus one. <laughs> Godzilla minus one was my favorite movie this year. Just, Got All right, there you it. go. I watched this movie. This isn't even an official Godzilla <clears throat> shirt. This is just a cool kaiju shirt. I have an official Godzilla shirt now. Yeah, I'm just. There you go. I'm fully in. We're watching Monarch right now. We just watched King of the Monsters. <clears throat> like we're fully Godzilla all the way. And the terrifying puppy-like nature of uh, <laughs> Godzilla minus one was. It's like, yeah, this is this is doing it all for me. Yeah. There you go. I, I just got a new uh I got King Ghidra shirt for Christmas and I got a pair of moth pink Mothra socks. Oh, nice. And a black pair of Godzilla socks. So I'm dressing dressing Godzilla. Snazzy. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yeah, Godzilla minus one. No arguing that. So my number one uh is past lives. Not really sure how to feel about Childhood sweethearts you connect only to realize they were meant for each other. He was just this kid in my head. I think I just missed him. Did he miss you? This is my life. This is where I'm supposed to be. Want you to stay. You see this one? I did not see this one. Oh my gosh, uh, this one hit me good. Um, uh, it, it's I've, her last name is Song. It's her first film, and I cannot wait for more. Um, it is this one kind of it, like it's oddly specific in the kind of uh, story. It's a Celine Song. Sorry, I okay. didn't have your name just right down. I'd like as if she's listening to this, but <laughs> who knows? Um, so. It is about, it's about a, it starts in South Korea Mm -hmm. and there's this girl and a guy that I think they're like 12 years old 
and they're in class together and the family the 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 girl's parents her dad's a filmmaker and mom's like an artist and they're getting ready to move to canada to do stuff but she's like hey do you have a crush or anything and she's like yeah this boy so she sets up with her mom so they can hang out and Aww. stuff before before like they move before before they move and then uh they move they they you know up and move to Canada change their names and stuff when they go to the states um and it goes to 12 years later and when she's 24 she is she has just immigrated from Canada to New York and she's a playwright and setting into like doing these like workshops and all sorts of stuff and her and her mom Facebook stalk people yeah, for like fun over the phone, over the phone, and she's like, "Hey, what? What was the name of that boy that you know I did that went on that date with before we moved or whatever?" And da da da, and they look him up on Facebook. Well, they can't. They look go to look him up, and they find on her dad's like one of his movies pages because he's a film director. He like messaged. He's like, "I'm looking for so and so. I'd like to get in contact." And she's like, "Holy crap!" So she goes to his profile and friends him, and then like. They show him, and he's out with, like, his buddies getting drunk or whatever, and he's, like, his phone clicks, and he's, like, and he's in Korea. He's, like, oh, shit. Mm-mm. And then then they start, they set up a Skype conversation, but it's, like, Skype from that, from, like, years ago where it's, like, not yeah, the yeah. best connection. So, so they, start, they start developing a relationship over that, but then the realization comes that she can't go to uh, sell Seoul for, like, a year and a half he couldn't get there for a year because he's in like military and school and she's trying to be a playwright and shit and get stuff done. And she's like, I immigrated twice to be where I'm at. I can't just, you know, give up on this. And so they decided to take a break. And then she goes to this like countryside, like weekend of playwrights. And then she meets a guy and then you go 12 years later comes from that and she's married to the guy she meets there mm. in new- they're in new york he's like a successful author she's actually doing plays and the guy is in south korea and he has just separated with his girlfriend and he decides to take a vacation to new york and look her up to see her and she agrees to have him come and then it's kind of like what's mm. happening there okay so and it's heavy uh the one thing i like so I, I watched it again just to confirm like yeah, this is my number one. Uh, and the second time around, I noticed like this looks very much like a uh, Fellini or Godard film. The way she shoots a lot of the it's it's not it's not just like the specific. It's something with the color, uh, the way the film looks. I don't think it was shot on film, but the way they've processed the digital stuff, and the way the extras are in the background, what they look like and what they're doing reminds me of those movies and kind of the chatter uh, and the angles they shoot them at, but. It's a very interesting movie. It's very specific. If you've ever, like, I had, so I had a, um, when I first moved to Los Angeles, I, I moved, I, I, my backpack. Yeah. So I had, and I moved in, the, I was in this house with these, these six other people took me in and they, they set up a computer for me in this <laughs> gar- garden room. I it was in this house by an old Western star named Tom Mix. And I was in Hollywood, like off, off the boulevard a bit. Um, and I know these people, I swear the guy upstairs was like some dr- Russian drug Lord. If you saw his <laughs> s- scar face looking bedroom, people would show up. One roommate I had, I saw her on the street one night and she was like, or one day, one week. And she was like pretending to be homeless. Oh my God. <laughs> 
one guy had worked on the aviator with Scorsese. It was just around the time it was getting Oscar buzz and stuff. Or like and he was all he wouldn't shut up about fuck. Oh, did you know I worked on the aviator? Yes. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> you tell us every ten minutes. Yeah, the one guy I that I knew through a friend of a friend of a friend that took me in worked third shift, so I never saw him. It was it was an odd situation. And this guy I found out I was out. I was a smoker back then. I was out back smoking, and I heard someone yell at me. And I was like, "What? Where the fuck are you at in this house?" He's like, "Hey, come up." What I thought was a like a, a a towel closet or something in the hallway upstairs opened up, long thin hallway to a bedroom in the back. Oh shit! And this guy, yeah, he worked at Guitar Center. Oddly enough, so <laughs> you're living I had, living it up, man. It was the early two thousands. So yeah, uh, this was two thousand five, summer of two thousand five, and I had this friend, this girl. I had a kind of a little bit of an on-off relationship within college at the time. Um, we weren't anything when I moved, but she, at the same time I moved there, she moved to D.C. And like late night, just talking, we, we didn't have Skype, but we had AOL Instant Messenger. And we didn't have anything, I don't think, I don't think we had anything romantic going on with this or whatever, but like we only had each other to talk to that we knew. Like everybody in the places we were, were mostly strangers or new people. So I just kind of lived for, so I understood mm. oh, what yeah, like, yeah, yeah. was going through and stuff. And she, she talked about coming to visit and stuff, but like she even had like a boyfriend at one point and it was like, oh, I was like that. I'm pretty sure your boyfriend wouldn't, was he coming too? Like, no, I'd come see you. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't think your boyfriend would be cool with that like or whatever but like we had i mean for a few years like stayed in touch and like talked regularly and stuff even as a, i uh because myspace started popping up and being a thing at the time as well so there was that and then with my wife we started long distance i met i'm well i met her and then we did a lot of phone stuff and i'll tell you with like that kind of relationship in that you get super Super deep and honest, really quick. Because that's all. It makes sense. Because that's the, the that's distance, all you right? got. You got your fun stuff to go on, dude. Yeah, even with my wife, like I didn't like. We didn't have like Skype wasn't an option. Um, this was this would have been like 2008. Um, but like it was a lot of like I lived for those calls, and they show in this movie just her not doing anything and just sitting on her phone and her laptop and all this stuff and. And them just like rushing to like get to there at that certain time, and they have time zone differences, mm. and which is a thing as well. And I just really, I'm like, I understood what this these two were going through. Now the movie plays. I'm very impressed with the way this movie plays out with everything and how it handles it and understanding. And the character is it sucks because the movie with two Koreans. I'm gonna sit at like who give tremendous performances, but the writing and performance of the white guy that plays the husband, <laughs> uh, played by John Magaro, who I've always I've liked since I first saw him in a, a movie uh, called uh, it's the one Josh Radner made. I can't remember what it was. I'm just not finding uh, out he was in Umbrella Academy. Okay, so the way they handle him and how that plays and stuff, it's just really honest and face and like just watching how this works and the conversations they have and the definition of past lives for this movie is amazing how they, they enter, they, they really get it in. But like this one affected me more than any, like I was like, this is oddly specific stuff here that I can really relate with and understand. And just the performance, like I would have everybody 
these three actors nominated for Academy Awards. And this one's going to be at least up for Best Picture, I imagine, maybe a screenplay. But I was just like, wow. Uh, and I, I think the director said there wasn't anything super oddly specific she based this on. Um, just, a, just, but, just a story, all right. And I'm like, I was like, just a story. But it's really powerful. It's, I mean, it's got some of the best cinematography of the year. So if you're if you're a visual nut, which you should be in film, uh, it's really good. It has a nice little, it has a great open opening scene that you're just kind of like okay uh but it it's gets gets you nervous in the right ways it hits you emotionally and just just wows you just it's it's just good stuff i i i'm pretty floored with it so that that one when i saw it i'm like oh man it's gonna be tough to beat this one yeah and even like a powerhouse of oppenheimer i'm like i have to go with past lives (laughs) i just um i don't think it was like so last year tar like yeah that that one is in my mind for like all timer list for me. Like if I had to make so like that one really struck me uh, a lot. So that movie still I got my hangover of like I love that movie, but um, this one's a good piece to go with. I don't know if I liked any any of them this year as much as I did as I fell hard for Tar last year, but time will tell. Um, and it's I was always really the time thing, I, bro. <laughs> yeah, I was really happy when I watched Past Lives again yesterday. That I was like. All right, yeah, yeah. Because I was like, did I hit me on the right night when I watched it? Or it's like, I always want to confirm and like, yeah. So, um, but yeah, Past Lives, that's my number one past this lives. year. All right. Past Lives. So there we go. That'll do it. Oh, we yeah. did it. It's kind of a banger of a list. I honestly, I got a, I've been taking notes. My little TVA mm. note, no, it's new fields, uh, but I've been taking notes while, <laughs> uh, while you were talking. I'm definitely going to have to check some <clears> of the stuff out, man. Uh, the Killer. The killer is something I already wanted to see. I mean, yeah, it's Fincher, it's Fastbender. I'm kind of here for that. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited for this year. It's I'm making my there vision board, and one of the things is going to be watch more movies. So <clears throat> yeah, there you go. I'm always I'm 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 always down to to share and help out. Um, so yeah, um, looking forward to next year. Some uh movies I'm I want to see uh like this month. I don't know. There's like the book of Clarence. Yeah, the book of Clarence. Yeah, gotta. Uh, yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to think of one thing from like each month. February. Uh, I know people like are like. I don't know why they're weird about it, but I think Argyle looks fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like Matthew Vaughn's stuff, so I'm just kind of like, okay, I'll enjoy that. Let's see what else is there. Oh, Dune. Part two. Yeah. Like, and I saw so the first time I saw Dune was uh on Max. We had like a fake theater set up at our old studio. Uh, okay. I'm yeah. going to while I will do a reaction to that one because we saw we did it the first one. I'm gonna see that shit in IMAX. No one's stopping me. No one's I'm not letting my job dictate what I see in theaters this year, but nope. I am gonna try to turn it all into some I'm gonna have something to say about something every year or every uh month. There you go. Yep. <clears throat> I uh fair yeah. Uh very very pumped about dune 2 um uh april godzilla x con the new empire yep give it let me have it uh may uh... oh uh oh, Fu- furiosa yeah yeah furiosa well and kingdom of the planet of the apes why are those opening the same fucking weekend so to mad about that oh uh, well i so joker was not one of my favorite movies that i did see when it came out but the new one mm-hmm. being a musical uh yep once again, as long as DC keeps doing weird shit, like that's probably mm-hmm. my least favorite DC movie. Honestly, was Joker. I thought it was really, really good, but like, my my friends were like, "It's a film. 
it's finally a comic book movie that's a film. And I was like, God, like, I don't the movie Have is fine. Friend? All of my friends kind of came down on me when I gave it. I think I gave it a B minus. And like they okay. shat on me so hard that it made me. Uh, have your have your have your friends seen Martin Scorsese's The King of Comedy? Uh, right? Have they? No, no, they haven't. Because <laughs> sure they- I I'd wanted like I was fine. I, I thought Joker was fine. I wasn't over the moon with it because I'm like, oh, I've seen this movie. It's called yeah. The King of Comedy with, with a with some taxi driver painted on it. Um, but. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's the way you do it. Like, I don't want a Joker too. Like, what if we make it a musical and have Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn? Okay, yeah. now we're talking. Yeah, now, you know? now, now I'm interested. Like, by no means was the first one a bad movie. Just people, just the people around it, and the people who were around me at yeah. the time were just really like, ah, you should love it. And I'm like, guys, it's it's a fine movie. <laughs> Uh, let's see. We got a new uh, June has a new M Night Shyamalan movie. Ooh, um, all right, M Night. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, I, I I did actually in somewhere in my list. Uh, knock at the cabin was like something. I was like, yeah, I'll just throw that in there because that one that's some good shit. I I like that one. Yeah. Uh, Deadpool three, I guess in July from what's currently there. And oh, we'll see what that ends up being. Uh, August Alien Romulus. There we go. Okay. Or as I've been calling it, alien drama geometry. Uh, uh, let's see, September has Beetlejuice too, but Saw Eleven, Saw, Saw Ten was awesome. I didn't awesome. see Saw so, Ten actually. Oh yeah, Saw I, Ten was in like if my list of like uh, I think it was in like my, my top forty five. I had Saw Ten. <laughs> it stunned me how good that was. I was okay. I didn't. Well, that's definitely all right. I know joke. I I know Joker comes out in October. We just talked about that, but Terrifier three, which is a Christmas movie, comes out. So Ooh. I'm I'm all about the Terrifier. Uh, and then let's see, I guess, and November has Gladiator two, which Denzel took it on. So I gotta understand. There's some reason for that. I'm going through the list of movies coming out in uh, 2024, which this one I'm not excited for, but I'm probably going to have to see just because Twisters. Yeah, is this a, uh, a Twister sequel? It's it's just a relaunch type thing. It's got uh, what's his name from Anyone But You and uh, Top Gun. Twister wasn't uh, that good though, right? Or am I crazy? Yeah, it made a lot of money. Okay. Um, hey, all right. Was Maybe it this was it good? <laughs> was it good? Jack Black was in Twister, wasn't he? Cool. If you yeah, say, all I remember is uh, Helen Hunt. It's got Glenn, Glenn Powell, that's his name, and Anthony Ramos, um, who I like a lot. Let's see. Oh, and oh, the director of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's got an interesting director attached to it. So that's the weird, weird thing with it. Um, he, the Minari director is, is on cool. there, if you saw Minari. And he's also done an episode of The Mandalorian. Okay. So I've seen all of we, those. <laughs> you know, it's an interesting choice of someone doing it but we shall see um there's the Nosferatu movie With coming Willem in December. Defoe, yeah yep yep so that's it's gonna be weird it's gonna be good <clears throat> so yeah so that's a lot of stuff to look forward to next year um but <clears throat> that'll do it here uh so thank you chris i'm glad you hey, i know you were like i didn't see enough movie. i'm like you saw enough you got <laughs> you had a good 10 and we it made for a variety here so that was good and then you've made your pledge to see more in 2024. That is my plan. I will say because I, uh, if I would have done this 10 years ago, I would have 
probably picked a bunch of like Oscar bait stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You kind of go through this thing as a as a person who watches movies or wants to make movies and things where you're like, oh, no, it's all the best shit. But then I'm just on the fun ride now where it's like whatever I yeah. watch, if it's fun, I was going to talk about the Mario movie. I was like, yeah, Mario movie is surprisingly fun. Like, I don't I'm not expecting any of these things. To like, not, I was not a fan of the Mario. <laughs> no, I I thought it was I watched the old one before because I, I really like yeah. the old one, which I think is terrible in a very specific way. That's awesome. This one, I was just like, oh, I think this is going to be trash. And watch it was like, not trash. But that's it, though. Like, my, it's not, I'm not grading it. I'm not saying, oh, it was yeah. one of the, I'm just like, I expected it to really kind of shit the bed, and it did not. So yeah. I'm thoroughly surprised by it. But like, yeah, I'm just, I'm go. on a ride to watch movies that I enjoy, that I like, and mm-hmm. to continue to put Godzilla movies at my number one spot. I don't know. Check in with there you me go. in a well, month. Hey, Maybe it won't be the that case. That movie, the Godzilla minus one is making like, majority top 10 list so because it it's, it's no one thought it's so it was, good. no one thought it was gonna come out like that i don't know i just i wasn't ready yeah. for more godzilla and it to be continually great i can't wait for monarch this friday <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> good stuff go. uh all right so uh where can people uh what the normies got going on and where people uh follow you at Woo. uh so you guys can go check out the normies over on youtube we are a group of friends that watch tv people watch us watch tv we do reactions we do reviews podcast uh, a lot of skits um are going to be coming up this year it's my job is to make skits so i got some stuff planned uh we are actually right now working on about weird stuff a radio play uh one of the people oh. who works at our office she's uh she's is like our like all-time assistant person who works there she was like hey i got an idea and she wrote a radio play and we all uh tried out for voice acting roles in it and got roles and then recorded it and so it's in the can we just got to edit it oh awesome and it's a sci-fi radio play are you doing your own foley for it or are you grabbing public domain sounds? i think we're gonna have to grab we want to do our own foley but it's like mm-hmm. it, then it'll it's come out next work. year right so it's like maybe yeah. if um it's only five episodes and it, the story can be continued so if we do decide to do something else we'll maybe take it there but yeah it's called um called the carousel it's a uh, it's sci-fi it's fun mm-hmm. it's um about i don't know how capitalism kills art but it's it's not on the nose it's a very fun cool thing to do so go awesome. check it out once it's done follow the normies for more of that and it's a radio play so you'll be able to listen to it as a podcast it's gonna be great. sweet you you also have a uh Sweet little uh, high eight VHS video. Yeah, I liked a lot. So thank you, thank you for that's my own little personal project. I've got a that's let me that's my, my kind of thing right there. I was like, oh, this is cool. I have a shelf full of uh, very old vintage cameras, and I love making videos about them. Uh, I'm trying to practice being a better storyteller, and so that's just something I've been working on on myself on the side. You can find that at New Sense eighty eight N E W C E N T S H eight on YouTube. There's like four awesome. other videos, five, yeah, four other videos. Making more of those these years too. Awesome. All right. Well, I am on the socials, and now I am on Letterboxd hey. at Brandon4KUHD. I'm giving it a chance this year. I've always downplayed. I, I hate to get artsy-fartsy, but I film as data has not been a thing that I like, but I'm, I'm on there and have to say it, it's kind of that, but it was also so far it's been like, I thought it was going to be more than what it was. So it's it's been a weird experience here. So uh, I, I when I first started, I did I was like old man. <laughs> what I like one of my friends was like, dude, you did not watch like twenty movies today. I'm like, what? It's like you've logged them. Like I'm like, well, then that like how I log? Well, no, that means if you log it, that means you that means you watched it that day. You can rate stuff without log. I'm like, oh, all right. 
<laughs> and I and I and then I was going on there like writing some fucking like I, I was like watching some stuff I'm like psh, right cranked out like five paragraphs or something, and then I'm looking at everybody's like what they think of that, and I was like one sentence, nothing. One sentence, I'm like oh god, fucking lazy time. All right, <laughs> jeez. Yeah. So I am on Letterboxed, Brandon for KUHD. Follow me right now. Uh, make a deal. I'll follow you back. Um, so if you want numbers, I guess go for it. Uh, all right. And also, oh, PopCon returns at the end of April, and you can Woo! sign up for my live podcast stage and the podcast awards. Uh, early bird special right now, so 10 bucks. Put your podcast in. Maybe you win. Maybe you don't. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and I'm going to be, for this show right now, it's going to be a bit of a floozy here with episodes over the next few weeks. Uh, as behind the scenes, I'm starting summer of 20, or 2004 at 20, and uh, I'm going to have attention to that to get it off the ground. So, you might see some commentary reruns, stuff like that, uh, or some really lighthearted episodes. Also got some popcorn planning stuff for the indie show that I got to be focusing on too. So stuff's coming. Check the YouTube channel. That'll be where my top 4Ks and Blu-rays of 2023 will be. Uh, so yeah, I'll be back when I'm back. Uh, so yeah, till then, stay phone positive. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. <laughs>